Yeah, yes, yesterday we started a, a new version of the podcast. Um, called I the, saw, I saw the video. Called the check-in, yeah. So, um, yeah, basically, you know, we'll go into it, but Benny's, um, Benny's the assistant coach for the NRLW for the Knights and the mm-hmm. uh, 21s. And um, he literally missed Mate, simple. Rocks up late, can't <laughs> put headphones on. Fucking dramas, isn't it? Say, co-host of the fucking year. <laughs> Fuck me. Benny John Farrah. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Shit house. Joshy. Look, we've got the big man in the house. We got the size. Let's go. He's a fucking. I was going to sit in both chairs, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we started this. Um, the the, the check ins, obviously, you know, very mental health focused, and kind mm. of che- one uh, a, a time for us to kind of check in with um with each other, uh, and then also uh, the the phone Bluetooth to the the roadcaster. So we actually um. We call Bro- we call Brock Lamb at work, <laughs> just nice. check because he's the um, obviously he had his um, you know, time in the sun. He actually he got thrown to the wolves. Actually, Brocky eight, eighteen mm. uh, coming in to be the savior for the Knights um, in probably the worst performing Knights team to, yeah, to, pro- to probably ever go around. And um, then you know ended up at the Roosters in a good system. And then halfway through the season, his fucking dog manager bounced him to Para, who was the worst team in the comp at the time. Mm. So from the best system to the, from the worst system to the best system to the worst system again. Um, so yeah, he kind of you know, see you later NRL mm. and uh, made up here our, our first grade Newcastle comp is probably probably the one of the strong man probably really one of the best in New the South best. Wales. Yeah, yeah, the best. So um, so he's been with the Pickers for I think it's his third season now. They've yep. I think they've won two in a row with Matt Lantry. Mm. Um, and yeah, just love and life. So yeah, we checked in with him, see how the pickers are going. It's um pretty cool concept, man. Good matches up here too. Yeah. Good pay. Yeah. So you ever thought about coming up? Fuck no. <laughs> Steel City, <laughs> baby. Can't imagine you coming up here. You seem like a newie boy. I'm dusted. I'm done. Yeah. No. Oh, bro, you'd suit it up here. Nah. West is best. My missus wants to move up here, and then we um we were speaking on the on the subversion card. Um, tell I'm sure tell we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. Up. And um. She was like, "Yeah, I can't take him away from the gym." She sees like what Luke is as a like a father influence and all that sort of stuff, and all yeah, the boys man. and that, yeah. and she loves it up here. So I think we might retire here, mm. um, but for the time being, I think we're staying in Sydney. Mate, yeah, tell Luke enough. to take over Ronan. Mate, I own Ronan. <laughs> I am Ronan. Lynchy paints the walls for me there. Now. <laughs> <laughs> he, he came. He came to the gym yesterday. Actually, it was good to see him. And um, I've seen that. I redust him the same way that I dust him in competition. <laughs> And I, I said, I looked him dead in the face. I said, "Hey Siri, play Fortunate Son." <laughs> He's right. a cracker, bloke, Lynchy. He is the best. He's All a great dude. All right, let's hear from the sponsors. The podcast is supported by CMBT Nutrition. Feel your passion. You're doing that work on the mats. You need that pre. You need those BCAAs. You need that protein hit for recovery afterwards. You need a snack. These guys have the best bars going around. My favorite is the salted caramel. Trusted by the 145 UFC champion of the world, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Head over to cmbt.com.au and fuel your passion. We get to the point. To the point. Benjamin John? We inter- we're interrupting you, mate. Yeah, yeah. Little, little fucking party going on. Yeah, 
Every time that dance. Yeah, every time that track comes on, I can't help but get loose. How are you, boys? I'm good. Good, good. And we've got the uh, we've got Australia's own. We're not going to call you the Black Belt Slayer. What would we call you? The fucking Gorilla. That's it's a bit gay, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That nickname. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit gay. Um, <laughs> Suppo Suppo's the nick, the nickname, and it actually came around when we were at um, my first day at Sydney West. They're like, we need to give you a nickname because there's. There's Josh Allsop, there's uh, Josh Battershall, there's a few of us. And I had the same thing in primary school where there was like seven Joshes in my kindergarten class. Wow. So yeah. we had to make up names. And he looked at me and goes, you look like you take a lot of tainted supplements. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what about what about Mexican supplements? And he goes, it's too long. And he goes, Suppo. And it's stuck ever since. Wow. Well, Joshy Saunders, Suppo. That's good. That's, that's the name. Welcome. Yeah, name. yeah. And fuck, he, That's very cool. he does look like he takes a couple oh, of bro, tangents. Yeah. Mate, I, you'll see a photo, but he's one of the fucking biggest blokes I've seen. Monster. And I've seen some big dudes. Yeah. He's, he's up there. Nothing clean in my food. <laughs> Nothing clean. Canelo, Canelo meat only. Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking Mexican. Um, yeah, Joshy, fuck, thank you for, for coming up and, and gracing us with your presence. Um, Tried to get this done at the end of last year when you guys came up to do a seminar up here with, mm. with your coach, Luke. Uh, I had a baby and you guys had obviously a, a massive day, so it kind of didn't line up. Still would love to get Luke on and, and probably both of you, um, you know, a lot of things to happen and we're not going anywhere. But yeah, mate, really stoked to, to have you here. You're, you're a fucking absolute savage of a bloke and um, and congratulations on the on the win at Subversion as well. Yeah, thank you. It was a great night. It was a great event to be a part of. Yeah. Um, Thanks to Matty Morris for putting it together. Thanks for George Hanlon for sipping on his coattails. Yeah. <laughs> um, but poor it was fantastic. George, poor George cops it, doesn't he? Mate, he should. He should fucking cop it. He's on here talking about Grayso and him being the fucking even Stevens in the gym and then Grayson just beating the shit out of him. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, if there's anyone I probably wouldn't want to call out on a podcast, it wouldn't be putting my name next to Mark Not Grayson's. the moose. <laughs> Not the moose. He will get you. Do you know Grayson? Nah, no. no. Okay, he might, no. be, oh, might be a little bit. Are we looking him up, though? He's a fucking savage. Yeah. 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 He's a great dude, too. He's a fucking legend. Yeah. He's a great dude. But, Absolutely. yeah, Subversion was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, the, the atmosphere, and I don't know if you, you watch my videos on Instagram. Yeah, and yeah. Having, uh, I think I had, like, 35 people there just for me, plus the team, plus all everybody else, and it was, like, it was touted as, like, the quarter-ton match. And everyone wants to see heavyweights kick off. Mm. No one wants to see the little fellas. Yeah, yeah. So it was fantastic. Uh, Mark McKay, great dude, champion of a bloke, really nice fella. Yeah, good it, on you, Marky. There's not too many people who would have st- stood up to, to take on a match with you. I'd, I'd, I'd take it. It's you. only going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, fucking right. Well, they, they back trials from March. So trials are meant to be in a couple of weeks. And they've done themselves a mischief for the plus 99 division because I'm only going to get better in the next 13 weeks. Yeah. So now the gap is getting bigger. Mm. So, um, what are you away, bro? 123. Fuck. And like, have you. I'm oh, 123. Not that it matters yeah, in no, terms I'm of, you know, you're leaning. <laughs> fat. You're lean as, but would you know your body fat percentage? I float around 11. Do you? 12. Yeah, hey. Like, yeah. He's, he's a, he's a big, big man. Big lean dude, man. Yeah, hey. Big man. Mate. 13 yeah. sessions a week at uh, Sydney West will get you there. There you go, eh? Good on you. Discipline, man. Yeah. And it's, um, like, we had a chat beforehand. We'll go in, obviously, into your story. We'll talk about where you are now, and we'll, we'll, we'll take uh, take the journey on, you know, what shaped you into this fucking savage that you are now. 
Um, but yeah, it's so awesome to see Australia because you know we've got guys like Lockie and and Craig who you know put us on the map, and mm. um, you know we've been very fortunate from that perspective. So now to be running events that looked like a, an EBI or or you know something like that, which is super cool. Mm. Um, and just for, for ben, obviously Benny doesn't do jujitsu, but um, so when we talk about ADCC, it's basically like. The state of origin of of, yep. of the of, Olympics of, of grappling of Olympics yep. of grappling, okay. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, cool. uh, best in the world, best in the world, best uh, in the best re- regions. We've finally got. Um, you, is it in? It's here, eh? We've got a we've got a trials back. Castle in, Hill, yeah, Castle Hill, yeah. So, we've finally got a trials back here in Australia uh, because I guess our level of grappling has gone so far up, which George spoke about on mm. on our podcast. Uh, and you, like Josh is, you know, what two years. Just over two years. Nineteen months I've been training. Nineteen yeah. months he's wow. been training, and this guy is just running yeah. through people. Have you? I know. I know you played footy, man, and I know we'll get into it. But mm. in terms of uh, combat sports, you had, have you had any background? Besides Hadn't obviously? done anything previously. No. No. The the only the only sort of combat sports training I'd done is uh, wrestling at yeah. um, Rob Whitaker's gym in Smeaton Grange. Okay, and that was with Souths. Cool. Yeah, so it wasn't yeah, of my own footy. accord. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. of anything. Yep. We just had to go and do that as part yep. of our requirement for the for the sessions. Yep. Um, and then again in Canberra, um, but that's about it. Yeah, just uh, you might have a job offer after this. We might. I think I know a few teams you could do with a bit of a wrestling coach, man. So <laughs> <laughs> might be a hey, couple on the table. They want to get me to drive up here once a week. They're yeah. fucking paying me. Hey, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I tell you, there's there's spots around for it now, man. Like you know, you know yourself with the game with footy and stuff. You know, it's all about that sort of stuff. So. Mm. I can't imagine too many 123 kilo blokes wrestling like that. Mate, You're not like going a, anywhere. He moves like a fucking cat. Yeah. He's seriously a Jaguar. Yeah, true. Yeah. And that's the, video. And that's the that's the cool thing about this is mm. that um, you know, people do, you know, pigeonhole big guys to mm. be, you know, less athletic and and there is a couple of us because I used to be one of those guys back in the day that mm. was, you know, super freaky in the way, like mm. agility, speed, explosiveness. Um, and, yeah, as I said, we're having that chat downstairs and, and knowing where you come from and having that footy background and we're talking about the your our version of, I guess you'd say, Nick Rodriguez if you're talking about the jiu-jitsu world. Mm. But Nick Rodriguez didn't come from rugby league and doesn't come from Western Sydney. And we know mm. what the heart of people from Western Sydney are like. Mm. And, you know, all three of us here have played the game and people who play rugby league and a, and a competitive rugby league players, especially in the forward pack, fucking mongrels. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you do on a world stage. And just to let you know, Benny, like you have, do have a belt system in jiu-jitsu, yep. but with no gig no grappling in terms of, you know, ADCC, you know, it, it, it's basically just beginner and advance, right? Intermediate and advance, um, or it's just open. It's just open. Open, so just, open season. Just, just a weight division. It doesn't matter what belt you wear. You go, you know, what's yours? 90... 99 plus. 99 so 66, plus, yeah. 77, 88, 99 unders, 99 overs. Yeah. Right. They're the five divisions. Yeah. So could you imagine it's the poor cunt that just comes in at 100 kilos? <laughs> has to grab Sounds like a him problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um... I guess probably that's exciting, man. From your point of view, I know it's you know sort of slightly different sport, but big bam bam on the weekend. Oh, fantastic! Sydney, you know, isn't it? It's fa- it's people it's good are to starting see. to really, really sort of um, respect it. You know, I guess in mm. on the world stage, which is great to see. So, I mean, he's he's good at articulating that as well. He goes, mm. "I'm just some bloke from Penrith," mm. and yeah. I've just put in the effort, put in yeah. the time, and started to mold myself into something that I thought I could be and he goes I'm not special mm. I, I tell that to people all the time I'm not special I've mm. just decided I want to fucking do something yeah yeah, yeah that, 100%. that's all it is and you know Bam Bam 
is, you know, like as you said, it's just you don't have to be the best in the world to enjoy what you do mm. and to be marketable and for have people to like you. You know, you don't like, yeah, Conor McGregor was, you know, that person, but Bam Bam is just a, a crowd favorite no matter where he goes. Like, and that's mm. just the thing. And he just says it simple. Like, I'm just a fucking dumbass from Western Sydney, you know. FA, FTA. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what I love about him, buddy, too, like, it was a video, there was a photo of him the other day, and he, he was walking away from, from knocking the lad down. And you look at his physique, and he's a big dude. Mm. But, like, he's certainly not cut out of granite. You know what I mean? Like, he probably, most, without being disrespectful, you might walk into a pub in Western Sydney every second pub, and you'd see someone pretty similar, you know, big, big lad like that, likes to throw hands and stuff. But, mate, he, like, he he's fucking you know he, he, I think people can relate to him because he's not above anyone. He speaks on their level, mm. and you know we've all got mates pretty probably pretty similar. Obviously not as talented. It's as like him, um, but, you know he's pretty. It's like bad neighbors at the end of the movie when they're at the Abercrombie and Fitch and there's um, Zac Efron and then Seth Rogen and he takes his shirt off and he goes I'm the achievable model. <laughs> <laughs> Zac Efron sourced to the gills and Seth oh, Rogen no. doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's the exact same thing. It's yeah. along those same sort of lines. You don't have to like Tyson Fury. He he does it all the time. Yeah, like he's he's proving that you you don't have to be a super fucking genetic freak and made out of ground. Because at the end of the day, it's not how you look; it's how you perform. Form. Yeah. I mean, if you gave somebody the opportunity to say, "Look, you take a magic pill and you can perform at the best. You can look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, or you could look like Tyson Fury." I think ninety nine percent of people would take the Arnold pill. Of course. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not it's not indicative. You get that growing up in footy all through the years. You get those Polynesians with the fake birth certificates, and you're looking at them. <laughs> What do you mean you're 15 with a fucking full beard? <laughs> yeah, you're 35, son. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Settle down. Yeah, you're on Fiji time. You're looking at them and you're like, holy shit, this guy is massive. Yeah. And um, I, I had a guy through 20s. I won't put his name out there, but I had a guy through 20s. He was fucking gigantic. But when the going got tough, he turned to custard. Yeah. Mm. And good for you, but you look great. You look big. You look intimidating. But we make you make three tackles in a row and you fall to shit. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah, yeah. correct. There's a few of them around, eh? And the unfortunate, and the unfortunate thing is, bro, and, and not to to segregate, um, you know, race or anything like that. But there's so many good players that I I played with, and we probably all played with that didn't get a shot or get a look in because you know at a young age they take the big Polynesian boys because they think they can do something with them, mm. and it's the same thing, bro. Like you know, when when the going gets tough, not to put them all into a pigeonhole, but. You know, majority of the guys that I played rep, rep football and stuff with, like you, you really couldn't count on them. Where you know some of those other boys, you you really really could. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to get fucking burnt to a crisp for that, but anyway, I'm just saying it out. No, it no, is. like yeah, <laughs> I know I do know what you mean, man. I do know what you mean. I think in general, but I, I think a lot, a lot, a lot of Polynesian from uh, fellas, for you know, from my point of view, coaching wise, they're they're power athletes. Mm. And so and so when they when they're developing they're coming through, um, they're good at explosive, um, explosive fast switch efforts. So when they when they're quite young and they haven't it, um, I, I guess probably progressed that mental aptitude of being able to stick in things in terms of games and stuff and understand their their mentality and their body and that sort of thing, they naturally shy away from that sort of stuff the the cardio and the fitness stuff because it's not what they what they're great at you yeah. know. And now I think when they're getting into systems, because realistically, Indigenous and Polynesian guys make up most of our game. You know, like a massive percentage of the game. So, a lot of our, a lot of training and that sort of thing now, and and I guess probably leadership and, and guys going before them, and they've seen that they can do it. You know, and um, 
it's a great story in that a lot of them now they dominate because they've understand what sort of type of athletes they are. Yeah, they can develop that ability to be able to stay in matches, and you know they're fucking they're starting to. Very rarely, as Josh said before, have you got a guy who's explosive, but he's also got the cardio. Um, now, with the with the ability of training and understanding the athlete genetic wise and stuff too, that's starting to starting to come up on fire. Yeah, nice. Mm. Well, I guess we're we're here to talk about you, big fella. So, um, my favourite subject. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mate, give us a breakdown. Who are you? Where are we from? And take us on a bit of a journey on how we've got this finished, you know, well, not finished product, but what the product that we have in front of us today. Yeah, man, obviously, my name's Josh. I'm from Western Sydney. Um, grew up, I was born at Westmead Hospital. Um, grew up in and around the Hills District area, so like Kellyville, Rouse Hill, uh, Norwest, anything like that. Um, I picked up footy at a pretty young age and learnt that that was a way for me to get a lot of attention. So stuck to it like a shit, in, like a flying shit. It was fantastic. I got bullied a bit at school and, and that was sort of like an outlet to be able to mm. sort of push back a little bit where I'll just fucking tackle you into the ground. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that became my flavor for a long time. Um, so then I, I progressed pretty quickly through the ranks there. I, I ended up never playing uh, Harold Matz. I ended up getting, getting zero looks at that. I went to five, six different trials and couldn't get a look. And they told me that I was going to be like selected for the Tigers team, but I had to show up at a weird time. And I ended up playing in like the 15th game. So by that by that time, the selectors have gone, they've, they've wrapped their shit up, gone yeah, and taken yeah. their coffee and gone yeah. home. So I felt a little bit disheartened and I sort of had like a, not like a crisis or anything, but was like, fuck, am I going to do this? Because I went to Hill Sports High School. Every single player in my year played Harold Matz mm. and I was the only one not in the competition. And I was like, fuck, this sucks. Mm. This is the worst. Around the same time, uh, one of our coaches there, he was the underneath coach. He wasn't the head coach or anything. He kind of told us, he goes, he gave us a real rough speech. You know, you know how like blokes have two guys in their lives. They have the guy who backs them and the guy who says you can't do shit. Yeah. He was That's the, he was the latter. <laughs> he was yeah. like, you're either going to be watching NRL on TV or you're yeah. going to be playing it. There's no two options, but he was a real cunt about it. Yeah. yeah you yeah. swear on this. I can yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a massive yeah. cunt about it. Funny, like funny tangent. I saw him about, Seven years later, I just finished my twenties career, and I yeah. saw him, and he fucking looked at me, and I know he recognised yeah, me, I and I just wanted to give it to him, but yeah. I didn't do it. I didn't give yeah. him the satisfaction. Yeah, good. I was hoping you were going to tackle he him. Nah. <laughs> he would have known. He would have known. He'd be not, walking away going, yeah. "Fuck." Not worth the time. Yeah. Not worth the exactly. time and the energy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I got. I I didn't play Harold Matz. I also didn't make a, uh, a like a Sydney West team, or it was like the rep squad for. I it didn't make any of them, and. I was sort of thinking, fuck, what am I going to do with this? Because I'm not getting the I'm not getting the chocolates for putting in the effort, and it, it kind of sucks. And then SG Ball came around, and I had sort of a similar thing where Para was interested, and and then it fell through. Tigers were interested, and it fell through. I think it was just chatter. And I said, you know what, fuck, I'll go to North Sydney Bears. They have an open trial. You don't have to be selected to go. It's the shittest team in the comp, but I just want to play. I just want to yeah. fucking show what I can do. I ended up scoring two full field drives from the back row in the first 15 minutes of the first game and they pulled me off. Yeah. They're like, we've had enough, we've seen enough. And I walked up and I remember like clear as day, I was wearing a green jersey, I was number 12. And I walked up to the coach's box and I said, how do we know if we get invited for the invite trial? Because they kind of have a feeder into the yep. trials. Yep. Yep. And he goes, what number we are? I was like, green number 12. He goes, mate... <laughs> <laughs> don't show up next week. You're in the, you're in the team. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't worry about it. And it was awesome. It was an yeah, awesome feeling just to just to finally get recognition. Yeah. Now, Josh, you going to North, like you're from Western Sydney, you're going to Northern Sydney. Your parents taking to these trials? Are you getting out of your own account? Yeah, I was driving. I was 17 at the okay, time because yeah, yeah, yeah. SG Ball is 18 years old. Yep. Um, so I was taking myself to training and, and fortunate enough that like 
Um, I had a car that I could use. I had petrol money and all that sort of stuff. That's so. some drive, man. Yeah. That's, a, that's like yeah. not some literally drive. But that's four days a, a week. That's some, yeah, that's some inner workings going on there. Yeah, like four days a week. Yeah. Um, after school too. Yep. So after school, finish, go home, have some eating, mm. um, have some food. Get um get all the stuff out of the laundry and then head off to North Sydney four yeah. times a week and then playing games all over the joint and we went to Perth for a game and that sort of stuff and yep. that was pretty cool and that was sort of like my first mm. experience of that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, third game of that season we versed the Dragons at um it's a rugby union oval in like Ride I forget what the name of it is it's it's a shithole of an oval <laughs> and uh, we played heaps of school games for rugby there too and I ended up. Uh, it wasn't anything I did offensively, but it was the defense. This guy made a break. It was a center and he was meant to be like the next big thing. And I just turned, I fucking put my head down. I said, you know what? I'm just going to fucking give it a crack. I'm going to see if I can catch this bastard. I'm just going to see if I can do it. I put my head down. I looked up. I was a meter away from him. I dove and I grabbed his shorts and I pulled him down, made the tackle, got back up to marker and I'm doing these ones. <gasps> and it just, it ruined me. So the, the, the dummy half was the winger on his same side and he's gone fake in midfield and then gone back to the sideline and I did the same thing. I had no energy. I couldn't keep my feet from underneath me. I was in concrete and I just grabbed him and pulled his jersey and pulled him down to the floor and that was before half time. And I walk off at the end of the game and my manage, my manager that used to be my manager, Gavin Orr, he came up to me. He goes, mate, I've never seen anything like that. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you just don't fucking give up, do you? Yeah. Well, and I was like, well, fuck him. He doesn't yeah, deserve it. Yeah. It's literally what I said to yeah. him. He goes, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah, hey. I ended up signing a deal with him for a couple of years. Um, I went for, I was one of four players to get the invite to go to South Sydney under 20s from North Sydney. They have a pathways program, but they yeah. used to have a pathways yeah. program. Yeah, yeah. I think now because North Sydney's with the Roosters, they might have something different, but this yep. was back in the day. Yep. Um, and we had three trial games to play. And I let it get to me in the first two trial games. I fucking had a shit game both games. And I was like, fuck, this is... Matty King was actually the coach. Yeah, right. Okay. From the yeah, Roosters yeah. and from yep. Melbourne. And yep. he's a fucking champion yeah. of a bloke. He's one of the best coaches I've ever had. Yep. Fantastic. And he yep. said, listen, mate, he pulled me aside before I went out for the third game. We're just about to run on. He goes, listen, mate, this might be your last opportunity. He goes, if you want to fucking make this... You, you have to pull it out. And Maddie's someone who knows about that too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. A very late bloomer. Absolutely. Yeah, so the, the, the first run of the kickoff, you know how they always said spaces, not faces? Mm. I never understood that. It's <laughs> stupid advice. <laughs> yeah, how, you, how heavy were you? Yeah, you would have been big boy back in I was too. 109, 110. Yeah, so you're not, well, you're not worried about space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the theory is spaces is two shoulders. Yeah, true. Faces is one sternum. Yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> and if I can crack that cunt sternum, he's not going to tackle me again. So off the first yes. kickoff after Matty pulled me aside and he gave me that story, I ran the fuck over this poor bastard. He was the biggest dude on their team. I was like, I'm going to fucking run through you. Mm. Ended up bumping him up, off, and running 55 metres for the start of the game. Right. And I had a blinder after yep. that. Yep. And he pulled me aside. He goes, mate, unreal. Mm. Yep. And I... Probably like three days later, I got the call up and he goes, you've made the team. You're in South. Wow. And it was unreal. It was fucking fantastic. Just like your mindset, man, that he, at a pretty young age is elite. Like what, like you obviously come to a sporting school, mm. your, your parents, are they, you know, was that instilled in you from a young age? Because your mindset, what you just told me well, that, at a very well, that's young what age. I, that's what I was just going to say, because mm. I got a bit of the backstory downstairs. So. Mm. Yeah, kind of shed a bit of a light on, mm. yeah, this is what you do rocking up the train, you've got a car and stuff, but when you yeah. said, you know, you're doing your clothes and having food, 
you're literally washing your own clothes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it was lack thereof. I think when you go into stories of parents and stuff like that, it's either my parents were really, really good and they showed me how to be, or they showed me the exact opposite of what I don't want to be. Yeah. And I don't take any, anything away from my parents. My, my parents did it tough. They, they raising three kids. I was telling you downstairs that um, they had me 13 months later, they had twins. And okay. there's a lot of backstory and stuff as to whether my mum was being legitimate with contraceptive methods, all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of fucking bullshit in the story and they weren't fantastic. My dad made some poor decisions with money. My mum made some poor decisions with money. So there's a lot of shit going on. So I kind of took that on my own. I actually, um, I was 12 when I quit soft drink. And I think I was 13 when I first told mum that I want to start eating healthier dinners. Wow. Because my mum was overweight and she still is. Yeah. She's, she's obese. And my old man's in good nick. Um, he used to be a mm. cross-country athlete. A mum used okay. to be a sprinter. And my... Why do the sprinters always blow out the fat? Look at me. <laughs> I don't know. Sprint, don't know sprinters, swimmers, everything, all blow out. Yeah. Swimmers, because they have so much cardio expenditure, and then they just think that they can keep eating the same that they were when they were training. Like, you see yeah, Michael Phelps, he eats yeah. 12,000 calories. Yeah. If he massive. keeps doing that and not training, he's going to be a fat fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. He'll be the new Subway yeah. dude before he knows it. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Rubbish. Okay, Dad, bro, that's, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. so it was more of a lack of rather yeah. than a, a thing. And wow. um, me and when, when, he's my best mate, Zach. I've, I've known him for, fucking hell, I've known him for like 12 years this year. Mm. Um, me and him real early on in high school got into – obviously Ziz at the start Zizzy. and just listening to him and say, we're all going to make it and all that sort mm. of shit. But then we actually got into motivational talks okay. at about 14. So I was listening to like Les Brown, Eric Thomas, yep. uh, Tony Robbins, all those sorts of guys. And just sort of yep. populating that stuff in my mind and really listening to it. Mm. And, and 15 years, uh, 15 years old, that's 10 years ago now in March. So I've been on that stuff for about 10 years. Yeah. So even though I'm like fairly young in the tooth, Ingrained. I've been listening to that stuff a lot and just, just, not allowing like your speech to fucking derail your entire life because mm. how many people do you think that how many people do you hear that say i can't do something or oh, this is yeah. too hard or mm. says who mm. compared to what yeah and that's what i'm interested in especially with my coaching and how I, I sort of teach people to do the same thing they say oh how how do you do it how do you do 13 jiu-jitsu sessions a week and then go to the gym twice a week mm. it's, it's not a matter of if mm. it is it's not even a matter of when because i know what the class times are mm. it's I'm getting in the car and I'm going. Mm, yeah. Exactly right. There's, no other, al- an option, there's no other alternative. Yeah. Yeah, and if you give yourself too many outs, you'll start taking them. Do yeah. man. 100% Agreed. you do. It's Compli- just going to happen. It breeds complacency. Yeah. And know. then that muscle gets stronger. Yep. Yep. The takeout muscle gets stronger. The the sit on the TV, uh, sit on the couch and watch Netflix TV gets stronger. Yep. And it's it's just going to happen. And the more you build that muscle, the more you're atrophying everything else. I'll yep. tell you what, it gets stronger when you've, person, when, bro. When, you've, when you've had a kid, I'll give you that for fucking nothing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But you just have to like you have like yesterday like you know I set I set four um four rounds five five minute rounds you know three on the bike one doing pull ups one doing um, dumbbell presses mm. fifty seconds on ten seconds off just for transition and I did the third one and um, I was like I'm fucking beat I've been up since four o'clock gave myself a bit longer of a rest and um, yeah did the did the did the fourth one but it's like I know that if I didn't do that fourth fucking round, I would have hated myself mm. for the rest of the mm. day. And I suffered for 15 minutes already. So what's another five? And and it is. But like in what, in respective of what you're talking about, Benny's pretty much the same mm. character. Mm. Just, you, you're spot on, but man, isn't it? Like you were just saying before, Dale, like it's action, but isn't yeah. it? You can, sit, you can sit there and try and plan out your fucking perfect session. You're going to sit there for an hour and not end up doing anything. What's the point? Yeah. You go yeah. out there, you ripped into it, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's actually 
it's the concept of getting up and doing it. Yeah. Rather, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's also, I think, what are you committed to? Are mm. you committed to doing what you're saying, saying what you do, or are you committed to resting and, and taking fucking shortcuts? Mm. Correct, yeah. And you should be hard on yourself mm. with that sort of stuff. 100%. You, you, yep. you are determined to feel shame if you don't put in the effort. Mm. You should have that. The, yep. Like the, Everybody asks me, how are you so fucking confident on competition day? I said, because it's an expression of what I do every single week. Mm. It's irrelevant to me. Mm. The, getting the medal is cool. Get it, Taking the photos and getting the social media likes and stuff like that is cool. But what's cool is showing up to training every single fucking day and working on your craft and making sure that it's like everybody says, oh, well, someone's going to beat you eventually. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll tip my hat to them because they worked harder than I did. Mm, and yeah. that's the blueprint. They're not better than me. They don't have better genetics. They don't mm. have better upbringing or anything like that. All that's irrelevant. Yeah. People people that think about that stuff are people that are losers. <laughs> they go, oh, you have better genetics. Excuse. Maybe I do. Yeah. But I fucking use them. If I gave you my genetics right now, you wouldn't be in the same spot. Agreed. It's not how it works. 100%. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. And that, and and that's a real cool thing about the discipline. Like, and just hearing that like story with you downstairs, like I felt a very close bond to you because from like consciousness, I was like, the wrong parents took me from the hospital. Mm. I mean, from like very similar. consciousness as a fucking newborn baby, I knew the environment that I was in and the people that called themselves my mum and dad mm. weren't my weren't the people who I was meant to be with and I spent my whole life searching for you know guidance and I was lucky to have mentors here and mentors there and that's why it's like you know I have what I have now and this is a great materialistic representation of it but it's me as the person mm. like I always mm. fucking go out of my way to try and help people I always look after the underdog I've, I've got good morals I'm a good human being and I give a fuck, man, because, you know, I, I counted myself out, as I was saying to you, like, you know, I had all the physicality to be a great rugby league player, mm. but I didn't have it between the, between the between my ears because, like you, I had to defend for myself early. I ran away from home at 13, and I didn't have what you had. And that's what I love about your story so much is that you're, like, fork in the road, you and I are kind of the same, very similar paths, mm. but I took one way and you took the other. I took the easy way out and, you know, I, I went and did my thing and sabotaged myself for 12, 13 years before, you know, I, I got my shit together where, you know, you made that decision at, like, 16 years of age. Mm. You were telling me about your mum moving up to the Central Coast and you're like, well, you know, yeah, I'm staying put. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, just, it's yeah. beautiful to listen to. It is, man. And and it's like, no, it's meeting is obviously knowing you really well, your best mate, and, and meeting Josh now too. I can definitely see very similar traits in you. Just going off that too, Josh, obviously you were telling us about your footy stuff, mate. So you seem very disciplined. You seem like that's what you want to do, man. Um, you've, you've made it probably more so, like, further than probably – 70 80 percent of kids coming through mm. so not to say that you didn't make it because you did you made it to a, a high level but i guess probably when you're that age and then you're telling me before about your injuries bro like you retired at 21 mm -hmm. you know that must be fucking gut-wrenching for someone who's as driven as i know you are now um i mean it is and it isn't because i kind of mm. made up my mind at the second injury that i was yep. probably going to hang it up okay what were both injuries Joshua? so August 13th, 2015, I completely dislocated my right ankle. Oh. My knee was facing the roof and my right toes were pointing 90 degrees to the right. And um, I'll show you the video after. <laughs> my, um, my halfback and my lock both look at me laying on the ground. One of them vomits and one of them throws his hands into his face. <laughs> and he just, he just goes, fuck that. And I was calm. I was yeah. calm until they put it back in and then I could feel all the pain. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, they didn't give me any painkillers when they put it back in. No green whistle. Not until after. 
And it wasn't even our club doctor. It was St. George's club doctor because our club doctor was at NRL treating the NRL players. And I was like, thanks, Doc, you fuck yeah. it. Yeah. But <laughs> he, he did make it up to me. He let me pick the song that I fell asleep to in the anesthetic room. <laughs> <laughs> he, handed, uh, he handed me an iPod. Which was? Like, love it him, was mate. Katy Perry something. <laughs> <laughs> I was scrolling through it. He'd put, the, he'd put the thing in my arm already. He goes, all right, I'm going to let you pick the song you fall asleep to. And then I was already cocked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. But then, yeah, so 366 days later, I was playing for Mounties against Wenty. And um, we were due to make the semis, due to make a good run at the finals. I was getting excited for that. And I ended up blowing my Liz Frank ligament in my left foot. And I come off the field and I I had done that to a boot before. I'd put my toes through a boot before, just old boots and it's weathered and you wear them in the rain too many times. Mm. They get soft, all that sort of stuff. I looked down and the boot was intact and I was like, fuck, that was a big pop noise. And I was like, that's not good. I tried to stay on the field and I, I just couldn't run. I came off and the physio goes, oh, it's probably a Liz Frank strain. You'll probably be two weeks out. I was like, all right, no worries. Semis is in six weeks. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. Went to get an MRI, got the results back, and she goes, oh, actually, it's mm. going to be surgery in 12 weeks. Yeah, they're bad, man. They're <laughs> yeah. they're bad. If she hadn't have told me two weeks, yeah. I wouldn't have been upset with the 12-week news. But yeah. she told she set my expectation real yep. low yeah. and yeah. then blew it out of yeah. the water. I was like, you motherfucker. Yeah, you were like, I can just do a heap of bench press in the next kind exactly. of two or three back weeks. Back yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. More than I would usually do. Know. Which, is, know, which is crazy from this perspective and just to kind of tie in the jiu-jitsu is like, you know, Leg locking, mm. you know, you, you, your coach is one of the best leg lockers in Australia, if not the world. Mm. You play a leg locking game, and it's like you've got two, you've got a foot and an ankle that are very, very compromised. From I mean, the foot, the foot will never be technically compromised in jujitsu because it wasn't like a structural thing; it was a ligament thing. Yeah. So the only thing that really prevents me from what what was preventing me from doing was running. Yeah, and fuck running. Yeah, so now I don't have to do any of that. But the right ankle actually is to my benefit because it's calcified now ah so wow. you can try and pop my right ankle all you want and the screw might fall out you're not going anywhere but i'm it. not fucking <laughs> i'm not tapping uh, I'll, I'll delete that so go, no one eh? can know no one knows your fucking there dirty you secret hey please yeah. go for the right yeah. ankle. silver <laughs> lining that's it it's uh it's buttressed it's a, it's all yeah. big callus it's not as bad as some other people's but it's yeah. got all bone but don't stuff. you find the irony yeah, in that like you, you know you 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 lose a footy career from obviously not being able to run and then it's like you go on this jiu-jitsu journey mm. and, you know, such a big part of, you know, the, the jiu-jitsu is the Ashigarami mm. game, which is like legging tanglements and like I, even even your, your sign on your shirt is... Is a toehold. Yeah, yeah. Is a toehold. <laughs> Luke was really disappointed with that because I just picked an image from Google and, and it's not a good toehold either. It's very terrible. But um, it's Boy, just funny. Yeah, right. I, I find it ironic, but I also find it hilarious. So I got mm. my legs taken away from me in one sport and now I'm taking legs from people in yeah. another sport. <laughs> I just find it funny. It's <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's some weird way of working out, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think like the the grass was my problem in mm. in rugby, but now I'm the problem in jujitsu, so it's all right. You're, you've become the grass. I've become the, the grass. grass. Become the grass. I'm one with you, the cooch. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll have we'll having a chat downstairs to to kind of go back to footy. Is um, I guess before you were at Mounties, you you're at Canberra, mm. and um. This is the harshness of of the game of rugby league. So you've got three players. Correct me if I'm wrong, Benny, but you have a train on player, um, which you have to train a minimum of two sessions a week to mm-hmm. be paid. Um, where you'll be playing in, you know, a, a New South Wales Cup or something like that. Then you've got a development player, um, 
which I think a team can have six development players per year. Yeah, they've year. got six. Yeah, which yep. is about, I think about no more than 60 grand a year that they can earn. They've got 300K to split between up to six players. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not much, man. And when yeah. you, when you and look but at the, it. But the, the dev player can't earn more than 60 grand a year, I don't think. I think there's a cap Well, I think this year, this year they've given the opportunity where anyone within the squad, and it had just happened last year, can play, but... Probably when Josh, Josh, this would have been around Josh's time when he was it. Mm. You actually were in the development squad. You physically, if you were picked for first grade, you were not allowed. No, so you had to be signed to a top thirty contract. Crazy, isn't it? You know, yeah, like yeah, top, it's top, yeah, top twenty. That has changed now. They've changed it, I think, because of the concussions and the injuries and stuff, yeah. and it's just yeah. very unpredictable. H-I-H. I think they've yeah. actually increased the squad number. If I'm not, if yeah, I'm not have, mistaken, have, yeah. I think it's thirty two players now. Because yeah, it was, it was, I think it was twenty four. Was twenty twenty four of an old player? Or twenty twenty four plus six devs. Yep, then it's yeah. gone up to 30, 30 and now I think it's 32. just increased. Yeah. Just and yeah. this is the harshness of the game. Like, tell us that story about Canberra because it's yeah. fucking ruthless. So um, so I went down to Canberra. I um, had the fortunate benefit of living with um, Liam Knight from, from South and he's a cracker bloke. He's a fucking funny bastard. Yeah. He used to uh, – you know what a fruit bowl is? <laughs> you, I think I do. Right you right tuck right. your balls and your dick between <laughs> your legs and you bend over. It looks like a fruit bowl. Yeah, he used like to that. do that. I call it the bulldog. Every time, the eyes. every time he'd pick up his laundry, he'd fucking do that to me. It was, fucking, <laughs> it was hilarious. It was, every day was a great day with Liam. It was really funny. But um, yeah, so I went down there. Me and him had the same manager, so we got to room together. Our apartment building was about a four hundred meter walk from Canberra HQ, which was fantastic because I didn't have a license. I was a fucking delinquent when I was a yeah. young kid driving. <laughs> And um, we can tell that story eventually if you want to. Yeah, but um, yeah, so we so we uh, would walk to training and do all that sort of stuff. And I was I was enjoying my time there, but I didn't really fit in with the crew. Yep. And it was just one of those weird things. It was very tangible. And the South crew were phenomenal. All the boys there were so welcoming. Sam Burgess, credit to him, he knew every single under-20s player's name. Mm. Every single one. Wow. And yep. by the end of the first grade, some people didn't even know what my name was. And I was in their fucking team. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things like, okay, I get this. It's, it's shit, a, man, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little bit shit. So that yeah. kind of set the tone for me. I was a little yep. bit off put where we had we had time off during training. We'd do like a gym session in the morning and then a skill session. A couple hours off, we'd come back in the afternoon for conditioning. Mm. I'd go home and play PlayStation. Mm. I wouldn't hang out with the boys. I wouldn't get coffee and do all that sort of stuff. So I yeah. think I alienated myself because of that. But then that obviously didn't help as well. Yeah, mm, um, sure. But at the same time, yeah. So the season was sort of wrapping up. And I had come back from my ankle Rico at the start of preseason. So I actually missed the first four weeks of preseason. Then they put me in orthotics for my ankle and my feet did not take to it really well. So I started mm. developing symptoms in my knee. And I think they thought I was taking the piss that I wanted more time off the actual training. Mm. I was like, why the fuck would I move to Canberra if I wanted more time off the actual training? Like yeah, Canberra's a shithole. There is nothing here for me. Yeah. Fucking city of roundabouts. Except shit. training <laughs> and shit driver. Actually, shout out to Canberra, Ches Frederick Pastor. The best pasta in Australia. <laughs> Chili jam, meatball, pesto pasta. You know when they give you t- uh, uh, Thai food and they give you a Tupperware container that's like this deep? Chili jam? Ches Frederick goes, nah, fuck yeah, let's do this deep. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, we, like, we like Ches. Yeah, mate, yeah. four inches of pasta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had that about every – that and crust pizza were the two go-tos down there because there's not much down there. Yeah, and yeah. everything closes at like 9 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's, fuck, it's a shithole. Yeah. Anyway, beside the point. But, um, yeah, so I get there towards the end of training and um, had started to really come into my own, started to win the fitness sessions of the forwards and yeah. started to really pick up some momentum. But I think it was just a little bit too late. And the the, the development manager, Peter Maholland, he came in the car park and he sort of looked at me and he goes, yeah, we don't need you next week. And that was it. No phone call, no thanks for coming down, no explanation of why I wasn't needed or anything. It was short, sharp and sweet. And I, I understand it's the business. I understand it has to be a bit ruthless. 
And when you have employees that aren't cutting the mustard in your eyes, you got to tell them, but you also, you deserve to tell them why. Yeah. And I think that really rubbed me the wrong way. So then I got sent back to Mounties. Fantastic. Get to live back in my own house, get to live back with the missus, all that sort of stuff. It's awesome. But I actually dropped two divisions coming from a first grade squad. There was only one person in the first grade squad that didn't play New South Wales Cup. Mm. And that was me. Yeah. Wow. I didn't end up playing cup. I played six or seven games of cup, a handful of games. Yep. Um, and that was at the back end of the season. So mm. it really did rub me the wrong way. Then I blew my foot out. And I sort of thought about going back and I did my preseason. I did half of a preseason basically when I was doing my rehab stuff with um, the physios and that there. And I said to him, I was like, look, I'm not playing this year. Mm. I've had enough. Yeah. And I'm very much one of those people. If I'm not a hundred percent in, I'm all out. Yep. I can't, yep. you can't risk it. Especially all in, all out, man. Yeah. Especially sure. with two lower leg injuries. Yep. The next thing from an injury perspective is up the chain or down the chain. Yep. And there's no down the chain from the foot. Yep. It can only go to the knee. Yeah. And I really didn't want to do an ACL. ACL I yeah, really yeah. didn't want to do an MCL, a meniscus, any of that sort of stuff. Cause you don't come back from that. No. Watching I'm, a few of your videos and, and knowing the sort of bloke you are too now, I would imagine physicality would be a big part of your game. If you're going yeah. into, into a collision or a game, not a hundred percent, a little bit doubtful you can't play man. If you're misstepping one one way or the other and yeah. you're a second late or a second too early and you're thinking about it, you're conscious about it, yeah. you, you're fucked. Because how many? You had two, three ACLs? I had three ACLs, yeah. Yeah, so, mate, I was the same man too. And, like, obviously, you know, we spoke about it before, but, like, you nailed it before, man. If, you, if you're if you at a stage where you are having to think about things that come natural to you, mm. I was an outside back. I turned into a very slow outside back because that was my game for a while. After three ACLs, the stuff that I was good at, I wasn't good at. Yeah, it's so not available I, to you anymore. It's not, man, you know, and, and that's as crippling. It is crippling, and you have to develop other skills and that sort of thing, and I was at the edge of my, end of my career where I could do that stuff, but I was never the same player, mate, and from probably from about 25 onwards, mm. really, and I, I I was pretty good up from 19 to about 25. I was, I was you know, it sort of injury-free to an extent, and then they all had, ha- happened back-to-back. As you mm. said before, very similar back-to-back injuries. It, it's no... No, uh, I guess it's no coincidence that they all happen back to back. Yeah, yeah. Like linking a chain leads to something else, leads to something else. Exactly. Yeah. I guess the good thing is that he found jujitsu and not cocaine. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, I went, I went off a bit of research for a few years and, uh, yeah. But bit of research, yeah. chemicals on. Bit of research, uh, yeah. Oblivion marching powder. Yeah, yeah. So, so how, how do you find out about jujitsu? How do you find Luke um, and this place that's, you know, taking you to this fucking amazing spot that we're at now, and you know, the next five, ten years of jujitsu is pretty, pretty much in good hands with yeah, with Big Joshy at the yeah. Hell. Great question. Um, so I say I I retired when I was twenty one, and I started training about eighteen months ago, and I'm twenty five next month. Yep. So it was a big gap there, and I wasn't okay. really, I wasn't really doing much, and um, I was trying to like I was fucking around with jobs when I was playing for South. I was a, a barista. And uh, the world's largest barista. <laughs> yeah, I was going to uh, say. That was actually how I got the Canberra deal. I made Nick Fordham's coffee. Nick Fordham is Andrew John's ex-manager. Yeah, and yeah, he is yeah, also yeah, yeah. Ricky Stewart's manager. Yep. And he goes, what the fuck are you doing making coffees? You're the largest individual I've ever seen behind a coffee machine. <laughs> I said to him, I was like, I actually, I actually play for South Sydney down the road for under 20s. And he yeah. goes, Ricky Stewart would love you. Big white dude, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And yeah. that's how I got the deal. That's yeah. how I got noticed for Canberra. Wow. He Isn't actually said to me, he goes, send me your number and send me a highlight package and I'll give it to Ricky immediately. 
Wow. And that was, yeah, it was serendipitous. Could, cool you, could you imagine That's someone who ordered story. almond milk that got normal milk coming back to him? But you know what I'm going to say? Oh, hey, mate, I love I'm almond like, milk. I'm lactose intolerant, but I'll happily have the shits for the rest of the day. It was it was an almond flat white. Yeah. I was very disappointed. You made me what you want. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a, I had a big time off, and I sort of was trying to find out what the fuck I was going to do with myself. And yeah. um, I went for another job interview at a, um, a coffee emporium in Parramatta. And it was meant to be this marquee place where they did like fine dining stuff. And I, I fucking hate wearing pants. <laughs> I like wearing shorts. I, I'm not a pants guy. I don't. I don't own one pair of tracksuit pants. I don't fucking like them. Yeah. And they made me wear pants for this job interview for like a trial. And I was like, all right, strike one. They're already on the fucking back foot. <laughs> I love how you're having the trial. Nah, strike one, guys. I, I get pants. In, I get in there and they want to me to remember this a la carte menu, like this real fucking fancy menu. And I'm like, fuck this, strike two. <laughs> and I got it. I got 30 minutes into a two-hour trial and I just grabbed my phone, grabbed my kit and walked out. I got a real bad feeling from that place. I was like, I can't do this to myself. Yeah. This hospo gig is not for me. Yeah. And I actually got my certificates in Cert 3 and Cert 4 in fitness while I was playing for South. They have a development okay. program in the under-20s where you have to work 24 hours or you have to study 24 hours. Yep. And they came to us. It was actually really cool. Uh, Fab, um, Rob Whitaker's coach, he was the TAFE teacher. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was right. really cool. I got to speak to him about Rob and all that sort of stuff and talk about fighting. Yeah. I, I still love the UFC back then. I just yeah. didn't train anything. Yeah. And um, – so I said, fuck that, I'm not going to do that job. And I sat down at Parramatta Station, again, because I didn't have a license back then. I looked at a billboard and it had F45 on it. I was like, why don't I go fucking work in a gym? Like, yeah. it's what I love doing. It's what I'm really excited about, do all that sort of stuff. So I ended up getting a job at F45 and, and doing that while I was playing for Mounties and then quit that and then sort of decided that that wasn't for me either. Yep. And then I got into personal training, started my own business, and I've awesome. been doing that for like the last four years now. Um, along that time... Um, my best mate Zach started getting into jiu-jitsu and he'd been training at a gym um, in Sydney down near me and it's not very good and they, they weren't letting you roll if you weren't like a fucking three-stripe white belt or something. It's mm. fucking gay rules. so stupid. Gay. Yeah, yeah, super gay. And uh, he found this place in Borkham Hills called Gala Brothers, which is hilarious because we just said gay. <laughs> but um, so he started training there and one of the other boys was training there. And and um, the joke was, it was really funny when I first joined up there, you know, babushka dolls, like the Russian dolls. Yeah, so you keep yeah, pulling yeah, them yeah. out. They keep getting they keep getting smaller, but it's the opposite. Yeah. So Connor, who brought Zach, Zach's bigger than Connor. And then Zach brought me. <laughs> and then they looked at me. They're like, please, God, no, don't have a bigger version <laughs> yeah, of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully oh, you wait till you meet Tiny. Yeah, 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 hopefully yeah. this is where the, uh, the babushka dolls <laughs> stop but um yeah he goes man you got to actually sorry before that we're in the lockdown um we did a garage session at zach's place at marsden park and i didn't know anything I, i've watched ufc all the time and i like i just didn't know anything passed all their guards held him inside control to squeeze the fuck out of him for five minutes and they're like man you know nothing you're gonna be like yeah. pretty fucking hard to deal with yeah so they said you got to get into it and i was like all right as soon as i get my license i'm fucking going the 24th of july i got my license back i drove to class that afternoon Wow. Straight away. Awesome. And I haven't missed a session since. Yeah. Like I've fucking just been pure heroin addict addicted. Wow. Like pure. So I started training there. Um, did my first comp three months in. Yep. Um, Josh Alsop was doing privates with us. He's a, a purple belt in the local scene. He's uh, he's a brown belt now, sorry, but he was a purple belt at the time. Um, trains over AOJ in, in California and comes back to us and does no-gi training at Sydney West. And um, he was doing privates with us and he goes, yeah, you you boys should compete. We're going to go to um, a Byron Bay comp up up the coast. 
So we took four boys, five boys mm. in a in a bus up to Byron Bay, had a bit of a boys weekend and yeah. went and competed and, and ended up triple golding in the gi and no gi. Yeah. Had two points scored against me in eight matches and wow. submitted wow. submitted 70% of the people. Yeah, right. And it was just like, fuck, yeah, this is cool. This is me. This is, this is really cool. And all the boys did really well. I think we, we took home like 25 medals. Wow, it was it was yeah. fucking oh, twenty five. Sorry, twelve medals yeah. between like four of us that competed, and um, that was really cool. And then I was like, "Fuck, I'm, this is this is it." Yeah. So I did a couple more comps, and um, Josh was Josh was like, "Hey, look, you, like you got to you got to sort of get your development to the place where it needs to be. You probably need to start training at Sydney West." And I was like, "All right, cool. I'll, I'll go sign up there." And I went on a Monday morning, and um, Curtis is going to love listening to this because. He, he was the mad enforcer before I came to the gym. <laughs> and day one, I stole the title from him. <laughs> oh, no. So I rocked up. Oh, as a white belt. Yeah, as a white belt. <laughs> so I rocked up. I'd been training at this point for about seven months, roughly. Yeah. And uh, I think it was in February when I first started at Sydney West. And um, I walked into there and I was rolling with the other white belts. I'd, I'd never been in a big class of people. Yeah. At my old gym at Gaylor Brothers, there was about six or seven people on the mats the whole time. We'd be lucky to get two two blue belts on at the one time. Yep. And it was a very small gym, just started out, puzzle mats, that sort of stuff. And good coaching for the time. Mm. And um, super grateful to get involved. And, and with that is. His name's uh, Severino, the guy that runs the gym. He's fantastic. Really, really nice guy. Mm. And um, I'd never been on a big mat full of people. So I'm looking at purple belts and, and, and blue belts and stuff like that. I was like, fuck, this is cool. There's like 17 people here on a Monday morning at 10 a.m. This is wicked. Yeah. And um, I beat up a couple of the white belts. Not like an asshole, but I, I smashed both of them. Yeah. And uh, Curtis comes over. He goes, oh, can we have can we have a chat? And I was like yeah, sweet, am I in trouble or something? He goes, no, nah, I just want to roll you. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So Luke had sent him over. And um, suffice it to say, I fucking bowled him and took his back. Wow. Yeah, right. he, he did, I'll give him credit, he did end up submitting me. Um, but as a fresh white belt, uh, I was fucking rubbish. But I just had athleticism. I just knew how yeah. to move. And yeah. yeah, ended up doing like a sneaky bolo back take to him. And yeah. he was just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so how were they taking all this? Like for, for me, for me, martial arts and all this, all this, you know, um, sort of stuff, I, I find it very respectful and outside looking in. I've got mm. a lot of respect for him. And, and it seems like amazing people in terms of, I think, a lot of the sports built on actual, you know, good characteristics personally. Mm. So you, a new fella, you've come in, you're fucking whipping ass, you're new to all this, you're dominating. There's got to let it be a little bit of ego about the blokes you're hammering here. Well, I how think are they so. taking it all? Yeah. I think so, but I'm not a cunt. Yeah. So I'm not a cunt about it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, some people might perceive me that way, but that's their problem. Yep. I, I, yep. I, I think Dal hit it on the nail on the head, like good morals, good family, yeah, good yeah. upbringing. You try yeah. to be nice to people and stuff like that. I, yeah. I really do try Now that I'm a purple belt, I'm a, I'm a senior belt colour yep. I, I'm really taking on um, a teaching role and trying mm. to really develop the other guys underneath me because I mm. think it's so important yep. to be able to show what's possible but then also bring them up with you and I think that's really important um, to his credit Curtis has been getting fucking beaten up for me for, for about a year now for about 12 months and he keeps coming back in keeps giving me fucking good rounds and good trait man mate, we call him the staffy for a reason because mm. he just doesn't give up you can yep. fucking hit them in the head with a hammer and they'll fucking keep coming at you <laughs> yeah, they'll yeah. bite your kids they'll yep. fucking come and get you <laughs> Um, but at the end of that session, actually, I, I walked over and I had Gordon Ryan shorts on and a, a coloured rash guard, just a white rash guard from my other gym. And Luke sort of had the conversation with me. He goes, 
what the fuck? He goes, you, you've got Gordon Ryan shorts on. You obviously watch a bit of film. And I was like, yeah, I watched Jiu-Jitsu in here. Like, I'm starting to get into the sport Which and shorts, stuff like the that. future ones? Yeah, the, fu- yeah. the, black, the black, black kit that he yeah. wore at uh, 2019 ADCT. ADCT yeah. And uh, I got both kits. The white and the black. Yeah, yeah. they're fucking nice. They're sick, yeah. And um, he kind of goes to me, he goes, do you watch instructionals or anything like that? I was like, yeah, a little bit, but not too much. And he goes, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are you so good? And I was mm. like, I got a footy background and all that sort of stuff. He goes, man, he, he told me this my first day and he goes, you could win trials. And I fucking took his word for it. Wow. And yeah. it's, it's going to happen in June. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It there will you happen. Go, man. Yeah. There you go. And I've just, I've just took his word for yeah. it and I've fucking written it down a bunch of times yeah. and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's man. Gonna happen. Like, yep. man, with, with all this stuff, like I, I want personal greatness, of course, but I think mm. Luke fucking deserves it in such a way that he deserves to be the best coach in Australia, recognised for what he's putting in. Mm. And I think, man, like if, if I win trials, when I win trials, sorry, when Ethan Thomas wins 77 and either Jeremy Skinner or Baby Dave wins 66 and we win three out of the five categories, it's fucking cemented. He's all prove yeah. it for It's it. cemented. Yeah. And, the, and the real cool thing about, um, and no discredit and no shade to any other gym, but the really, really cool thing about Luke, Sydney West, you know, where, where, jo- where Josh has come mm. from is that it's all blokes off the street from that area. It's yep. not like a super gym, That's like awesome, Absolute, man. where you've got people, you know, Craig moved from yep. Adelaide to, yeah. to Absolute and put Absolute on the map with Lockie. Um, you know, some of the other gyms, you know, have guys that have travelled to, to, to go to those gyms. Um, this is an organic gym, mm. man. You know, what we are talking about yesterday with footy where, yep. you know, this current Penrith team, you know, when they all got their rings, you know, they all they all came from Mount Druitt. You know, they've got this this core group of, of kids that have come mm. through, Matt, Sleg, SG Men's Ball. Men's tears, man. And Built it, from the ground up. And, yeah. and it is. Like, you yeah. know, as Josh said, like, you know, he's, you know, he's 19 months into mm. the into the jiu-jitsu journey uh, with a coach who is proven to not only be selfless because as a competitor, Luke is fucking one of the best in the country mm. right now, like as a black belt, he really is. But selflessness, bringing these guys up and you're seeing like the amount of medals that they're taking home and then being the number one gym overall when you've got establishments like Gracie Baja and- With 40 and gyms. With, yeah, with 40 gyms. And they all compete under the same banner. Banner, yeah. So it's disingenuous. Yeah. But how many times do you want us to fucking mm. close out first, second, and third absolute pro divisions at comps before you start recognising it? Mm. Yeah. And I think it's starting to change. Yeah, yeah it is. I really think man. it is. Good yeah, yeah. And, and that's the beautiful thing about it. Like, um, you know, uh, as I said, you know, not throwing shade at any of the other gyms, but they've got a lot of people that have, have gone there. Like, these are- homegrown kids off the street, you know, guys like like Josh and stuff like that, where Luke has put this time and dedication and obviously has this ability to communicate and Mm. coach Mm. because he is a fucking savage Mm. competitor and he could be very selfish and just put all all the time into himself. But he's growing something that is going to have, I guess, this legacy that's going to probably live on for a long time because – as we said, mm. you know, as we know, like, you know, we talked about, you know, going to Melbourne, you know, Bellamy's yeah. created this thing at Melbourne where mm. people want to go to Melbourne. Mm. People are now travelling from the Shire yeah. out to out to Penrith. Yeah. That and does that's un- unfucking yeah. hurdle. From that Coogee. does make, yeah. it, make it even more special. I mean, as you said, anyone anyone can be a good coach when they get good athletes come to them. You know what I mean? You don't have to do real, realistically. Mm. If they're good athletes, they're good athletes anyway, aren't they? If, yeah. if, if, if your coach, as you said, Luke, Luke, his name is? Yeah. Yeah, if he's building athletes in terms of – He's getting them from where he has. He's developing them as a group. You know, he's getting the buy-in in terms of developing it from the area. That and makes the, the whole room is like that. Yeah, the whole special. room plays the same game. Yep. The whole room from the top down. Like, we get travelling blue belts and travelling purple belts that get fucking murdered by our white belts. Mm. 
and it happens and it's cool it's really cool to see they give them a lot of dramas yeah, yeah. and you don't get that out of the gyms good culture hey very good culture yeah. everybody's looking out yep. for each other That's everybody's awesome. focused on every, the core competition team is is unbeatable we're all looking at giving each other the best looks we're all making sure that everyone's getting good training in yep. we're all making sure we do a debrief after class every class mm. yeah in the morning in the night every single class yep. and it's always questions and yep. um, people get and luke's starting to involve a couple of the, the higher belt boys and some, some of the more advanced boys like baby dave is answering a couple questions mm. i got the the benefit to answer a couple wrestling questions yesterday yep. and it's it's sort of starting to build this mm. bottom down it's like a pyramid yeah, it's, it's not like a, it's not like a pyramid scheme, but it's like a pyramid. So yep. the base is now coming, and we're we're starting to ascend to that higher level. But everyone's getting pulled up yep. at the same time. Success well, leaves clues, and he just said, he just, Josh just said two things: then feedback, yeah, in terms of how can I get better, what did I do good, yeah. Any good organization gives feedback; they don't think they know it all. Mm. Second thing is culture, man. Yeah, you're all, you're all, you're, yep. you're, you flood each other's wins. So you when someone you know is down, you pick them up. When, when they succeed, man, you ride the way with them. Because fucking they'll do the same for you. Yeah, agreed, agreed, man. And like, you know, as as you just said, you know, that, that pyramid, you know, we all say it, we all say it in footy, you're on, you're only as you're only as strong as your weaker soldier. Mm. And, you know, it's it shows and it's the cool thing is is, you know, it's organic because I guess between you guys and grappling education, like, you know, there's there's some studs on the mat. The cool thing about Sydney West is that it's all organic, man. Yeah, mm. it's all it's all local boys yeah. and girls, um, but like mm. it's it's all local. A few queens, yeah, <laughs> <Few queens. laughs> and, and I guess for looking at your shirt, Joshy, you got the purple on there now. Is that, is that to reflect the the belt as well? No, is it always no, been no, purple? No. I I picked purple for my business color because I'm a little bit of a a very direct communicator, and some people can achieve perceive that as be very aggressive, mm. and and some people do, some people don't. Blokes like yourself being around footy and that sort of mm. stuff, you don't really see it that way. I needed a softer touch. I was gonna go with <laughs> I was gonna go with red, and I was like, nah, the violet, the violet might yeah, be a little yeah. bit softer, yeah, because um, I didn't want to be just another personal trainer like mm. the commander off Biggest Loser. He's a bit of a wank, to be honest. He's just fucking scream, yeah, screaming at people and fucking yeah. yelling at people. And I don't want to be like that. I, he's actually not like that in real life. He's actually the nicest bloke in the world. Well, funny, that was a, char- that was a character. Really, funny you yeah. say that. I met Shannon Ponton um, when I did a, a Wim Hof seminar in um, in Castle Hill. And yeah. I actually held his hand while he cried while we were doing meditation. Crazy. And he's such a such yeah, a down-to-earth bloke, yeah. like he's a, a really, really nice yeah. guy. And I, I just, that persona, I use the commando as a character, not yep. the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I use that persona as an understanding of what I didn't want to be and, and people mm. yelling at people and, yeah, yeah fucking yeah, get yeah. up, fucking get going. Yeah. Like, mate, we're not in the military. We don't have to scream yeah. at people. It's but, okay. But the thing is too, man, and like you're physically, you know, you're, you're an imposing being, bro. Mm. And, and, and I think well, I find confidence in the people who are confident and they know they're good at They don't need, they don't. If you if you're all in in terms of what you're about, man, you don't need to scream and shout. No, what you know comes through, in, and and that's one thing I've I've picked up about you, man, is that without without judging or anything like that, right? Before you open your mouth, people naturally will go fuck intimidate, you know. Mm. But this, you're I get really it all articulate, time. bro. How you speak, mm. you're really articulate, and you and you switched on, man. Obviously, you know, coming from where you've been too, you've you've obviously done a lot of personal development in terms of learning that stuff too, bro. I can tell, yeah. you know, because yeah. Well, like I posted yesterday on my story, I've I've spent. 30 40 grand in courses over the last mm. three four years and so, started to like put that together and had good mentorship and all that mm. sort of stuff for people a lot older than me because yep. I, I think like you said success leaves clues and yep. if you can buy access to people who have done what you want to do and personally have them show you hey don't do this don't do that don't yep. do this don't do that you can back you can piggyback 
off them and learn off their lessons and don't have to go through the same hardships and stuff that they went through. Although it's very gratifying for them because it gets them to where they are now, Mm -hmm. you don't have to learn the same lessons twice. Well, I guess it's the same thing with with our parents, bro. You know what I mean? Like I I looked at my parents and I guess like like you did not, that you've showed me exactly how I don't want to be. And mm. I spent a lot of my life being angry, angry at my parents. And it was that ang- anger that fueled everything that I've, I've kind of ever achieved in life. And, you know, becoming a parent myself, you know, I look back at it now and I'm like, fuck, it's a blessing. Thank you guys. Yeah. Mm. You, you have to be, um, I guess you have to be appreciative of, yeah, it was horrible. Like when I was going through it, but I'm not that person now. And, you know, it was a, it was a fucking gift for me, man. It was a gift on where I didn't want to be, but, Absolutely, like you know, people are happy to go out and spend a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, or on a weekend buying bags and drinks and stuff like yeah. that. But you investing into yourself yeah. at such a young age, and and Liz, like you might spend ten grand on a course, and you might get one thing out of that. Yeah, but that one fucking thing could be the crux of what got you here. Won't get you there, and it's going to get you to that next part. It's all a catalyst. Yeah, hundred percent. I really believe it is. I yeah. just finished writing up a document about all the distillations of all the lessons, and I've got about six things in there. Mm. And I, I went through. I, I went through twelve. 200-page binder books, all handwritten. Wow. Every single one of them. I've got 15 or 16 ballpoint pens in my desk that I've emptied. Yep. And I've kept every single one of them because I think it's such a good reminder of of all the effort that I've put in and writing those notes and listening and traveling to Melbourne and Gold Coast and different places and and learning from these people. And, um, yeah, six things. Mm. It's amazing, man, isn't it? The Jordan Peterson talks about, and I know I I saw a post that you put up too, bro. You obviously. I'm a huge Jordan Peterson nut hugger, isn't he? Huge nut hugger. He's good. He's he's he solved a lot of issues in my head. I'll tell you. Yeah. Anyway, one thing he talks about is when you go to uni, they don't tell you how to write. Tell you how to journal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's almost like it's the only pure form of way of thinking, but getting getting your thoughts out. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people. They can think of things. They think of the best ideas ever, but they don't know how to actually express it. And yeah. I think, you know, that's that's a real that's a real skill and something that, you know, I've probably you know I I, I certainly was an academic coming through, but it's something as my as my life's gone on that I've had to get better at. Mm. So I'm, I, I keep things in a lot, man. And and a lot of my thoughts, um, I'll know how to say them in my head and explain, but until I'm actually get them out on paper. You know what I mean? They don't make sense. Yeah. So that's journaling for journaling and writing in general. That's what sort of common theme. What I was picking up is, yeah. is I, th- I think the most important skill you can learn. Well, in terms of like just listening to to Josh's journey, it's like I didn't start this stuff until I was thirty, man. I'm yeah. thirty seven now. Yeah. So I didn't start my self development and stuff like that until I was thirty. Mm. So to hear it out of someone at your age and, and when you started doing that is just. It's so nice and refreshing mm. to hear, Amazing. and um, and you're right, Benny. Like mm. you, 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 everything's so accessible now. Like with typing and phones, and like I've noticed over the last probably twelve months. And look, I wasn't a great fucking speller to begin with, but I worked really hard on mm. learning. You know what there to use and what to to use, and mm. you know grammar, like being yeah. grammatical. And my, my wife's a lawyer, bro, so I get fucking I get singed, you get all the hammered, time. hammered all the time. Yeah, good. And I've 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 noticed that over, especially the last twelve months, that from just using a, a phone all the time and notes, that when I start writing and even typing messages, yep. yeah, my gram my my grammatical skills and that all those the hard work and effort that I put into it is mm. almost perished. Yeah, there's a you big, have to write, man. There's yeah. a big link they talk about in terms of kids coming through, and everyone uses computers at schools and stuff now, and the fine motor skill. Mm. So literally handwriting. You know when you used to get your fucking pen license in like yeah. kinder or something. 
You know, that was for a reason. Never got that. Year four. Year four, you got it? I, late, st- I, late stole, late I, stole, I stole mine and just used one yeah. anyway. Well, how nice. many kids now, and like I'm not a teacher, I don't know what goes on in schools, you know, young school, you know, um, junior schools, but simple act of handwriting, man. No one handwrites anymore in terms yeah. of they're all computer or they, re- you know, or they're well, all It goes it. deeper than that, even taking mm. notes. If you're taking notes through handwritten notes, you have to articulate what you want to write down because you're nowhere near as fast as touching keys. Mm. Touching keys, you can transcribe. That's yep. what they do in court. Mm. They transcribe the entire conversation. Yep. Allow that person to use a pen and paper and it will never happen. Mm. You okay. have to pick the most important pieces of the information that you want to write down. Mm. And you're articulating that through your mind in a filter as you're doing it. Mm. So you're actually getting better quality information because you can't physically write everything down. Yeah. You have to pick yep. better pieces. And that's why it's so much better mm. if you take notes on that sort of stuff. Amazing, though. Yeah. Mm. And, and I guess what you're, what you're doing like with – because you know how many PTs are out there, you know oh, they're like assholes, right? But but I guess in terms of what you're doing, bro, is it's not looking at five by fives or anything. You're looking at a, a holistic way mm. of living as a human being, and and it's simple as you either do it or you don't do it. Yeah. it's as simple as that. I'm, I've gone out, done all the research, got all the information. Mm. What's the what's the the core thing that you're working? Like, I guess give us the syllabus that you're working with your clients at the moment. And maybe some success stories on on what you're having at the moment and what they're doing. Yeah, so pretty much, pretty much what I do for people is give them ability to outsource their health to somebody else and dot the i's and cross the t's. The the main thing with the industry that is such bullshit is the amount of research you have to do. Like I just said, I did twelve two hundred page binder books of notes, and I took six things from it. Mm. It's the same thing across any industry, across any subject. You can go on bodybuilder bodybuilding.com and the forums and read 700 different forums you'll have 8,000 different pieces of information they all Mm. conflict each other Mm. so what I do is outsource the ability with 10 years of experience to give people the window to see what results actually can be through someone who's vetted the process and don't get me wrong I've done some fucking dumb shit in the gym I've done some retard training I used to do 40 (laughs) sets per body part per per day That's a huge amount of volume. I I never go past. Never recover from that. I never go past maybe sixteen sets with clients yeah. now per day, yeah. and they get better results than I did when I was a kid. I used to do two a days. I used yeah. to fucking drink chocolate milk and eat Nutella and and yeah. do dumb shit. And it yeah. just, you know, you have to go through that process and learn those lessons. 100%, yeah. Just like I was, I'm I'm doing um a bit of day trading at the moment with a mentor and stuff like that, and mm. he had to go through seven years of of complete bullshit to learn how to be profitable and learn how to make a system. And everyone was like, why are you paying this guy so much in a course for 12 weeks? I'm Mm. like, mate, so I don't have to learn the fucking dog shit that he went through when he went through seven years. I get to rent his experience for money. And that's invaluable. Because imagine, I don't know you guys know anything about trading, but I didn't know the first thing about it. I didn't even know how to open the app. Mm. I didn't know how to place a trade. I didn't know what to look for. Do I look for red candles or green candles? I fucking have no idea. Mm. And now I have a complete system delivered to me that is working really, really well. And how did I get there? I had to rent somebody's experience from somebody Mm. else so that they could teach me the methodologies and things to look for and all Mm. that sort of stuff. And Mm. I I think that's, that's so much more valuable than the money you exchange for it. Yep. Obviously, value is a perception. Definitely. 100%. Uh, of course it is. You can't buy experience, can you? And, no. and, well, literally, and like you said before, in some ways now you can. People, why does why do X doing, uh, you know, whatever costs this much per, per session? Because it fucking does. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what it costs. That's what they put the value on their time of being there, done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that's one pet peeve of mine, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm really starting to provide mm. now and that's what I'm really starting to hone in on. And I think – 
personal trainers are well-intentioned and then mm. they go the way of the real estate agent. They get commission yeah. breath and they fucking... Everyone in the personal training industry cuts their prices and it's a race to the bottom where no one wins. Yeah, it's 100%. fucking stupid. It's stupid. And yeah. they just think it's a commodity that I just... Uh, online training, for instance, is my industry. Yep. Training, nutrition, 24-7 access. Mm. Shut your fucking mouth. You're not delivering 24-7 mm. access. Are you going to reply to me at 3 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. why are you telling me a lie from the beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell people, yeah. I tell people, you can fucking contact me between these hours. Yeah. I give them a calendar schedule for yeah. when they can contact me. Yeah. yeah. If you can't fit the time, we'll work out something else. Yeah, but yeah. these are my hours. Yeah. You will not find me out of the, outside of these hours. Yeah. Training is more valuable yeah. and time with the missus and time with the dog and stuff yeah. for that is more valuable. Honesty, man. You say you're, you're an honest person, bro, yeah. and, and honesty shines through and it's genuine and you can fucking tell. What, yeah. are, you, what are you trading at the moment? What am I trading? Trade, I'm trading. Oh, trading. Yeah. Currency pairings, Forex. Forex, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Eurojap, so EJ. Okay. But Maddie gave me that pair. Maddie's my trading mentor. He gave me that pair to trade for because it, it moves quite nicely, but it's not super erratic. Yeah. Uh, he trades GJ, which is a lot more erratic, and you have to be a little bit more skilled because – Big mistakes can cost big money in, in the future, but um, yeah, EJ is the one. Not a not a big crypto fan. Not a big crypto fan. No. Too volatile. Yeah, not necessarily. But where are all the crypto boys now? <laughs> now that the fucking market's gone and take a shit. Well, it's it's down, but it's up, and I don't know. It's very weird at the moment. I've got about twenty five grand in crypto. Yeah. Um, and off the basis of everything that I knew from. I guess 2017 to, to now and watching certain news, it's just very different now, man, where, yeah. where like back when I first started doing crypto, um, cause it was so new news on a project that would be coming out or a new piece of, you know, a new wallet or whatever mm. else would send, uh, would send a, a, a crypto um, project through the roof. And, you know, I, I did all my due diligence, but it's like, you know, they're all algorithmic ran, yeah, and it's and mm. it's show like I, there's a guy that I that I watch and I follow on YouTube, and he's broken down um, crypto into like ast- astrology, numerology, and gamatra, and it's fucking crazy how it all works. <laughs> it's fu- like it's it's literally on an algorithm, yeah, and, and like it's um it is like you you you're just gambling. It's, yeah, it's it's gambling. Yeah. That's what it is. It's gambling without the shame most of the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> people are like, oh, I put money into the dogs and it fucking never works. I yeah. put money in crypto, it worked once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leg- legit- legit- right? Legitimately yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, I put two grand in, 2000 se- in 2017 and then 2020 I pulled out like 12 yeah. for just leaving it there. But look, at the end of the day, look, I've got I've got all my all my stuff onto a ledger. The stuff that I have bought is all, all from like, it's all financial, like it's, XSE, yeah. XLM, XRP, which is you know proven to be a part of the new quantum system where where you know digitalized money is going, um, and I guess it's just a bit of a show at the moment to watch what happens to the American dollar, what happens to the fiat currency. Yeah, it's pretty it's it's pretty crazy. To it's think, interesting. Well, I think the whole pandemic was about a big distraction to fucking to crash the economy for the new to to get rid of America's debt to for them to keep the power and keep the digital dollar. Maybe yeah. maybe we we'll start to have to speak in some Russian or some Chinese. <laughs> 
Yeah, crazy. We, we, we won't. We will never fucking know. But so, uh, what's next for you, bro? Like, what, what you, you're talking about? June the trials. June and the trials is that's, the next. That's, that's your thing. The next your, major competition. Yep. Um, that's what I'm going to be focused on. I'll do a bunch of competitions in between, just yep. for some shits and giggles. I had. Um, I got promoted during the week to purple belt, and um, a bunch of blue belts messaged me, and they're like, "Thank fuck, I can do the <laughs> open weight again." <laughs> oh, congratulations, yeah, 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 mate! Yeah, Thanks, well, man. Well, like for um, for the time frame, like obviously. You can have two people who get promoted to purple belt. You know, yeah. A guy who goes three or four times a week over seven years, or a guy who one hundred percent does thirteen sessions a week, and mm. you know, like that's it's not the same person. You know what I mean? So, yeah. purple belt, massive feat! Congratulations, mate! Thanks, especially man. to that's get it from Luke as well. Like a Luke purple belt is a huge a, honor. Is a legitimate purple yeah. belt. A, a Luke purple yeah. belt yeah. is yeah. a Gracie Baja black belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're still doing yourself disservice. <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's been good, man. Like I, I went from white to blue in eight, and I've gone from blue to purple in eleven. Wow! And it's not a race to the top. It's not a race to the to the end because I think your skill development mm. and uh, the ability to be able to possess those skills and use them is far more important. Mm. But like you said, Dell at the start, like the the no gi scene really isn't belt orientated too no. much anymore, especially when you've got holes in the game like leg locks and stuff like that. And yep. there's black belts in the country that have no idea what inside Ashigarami is. Yep. and we're doing it every single day at Sydney West. So we're, Baby Dave proves it on a fucking regular basis that he can submit high-level belts that are a lot stronger than him, a lot more athletic than him, because like, really he's the worst physical specimen I've <laughs> ever seen. It's We've actually fat-shamed him into losing a lot of weight. <laughs> it's good. We, we've hounded him for about a year straight, uh, and he has lost, to his credit, the little fat fuck, yeah. he has lost a bit of weight. He, looks, he looks less like a beanbag with limbs now, so it's, it's good. <laughs> He'll, yeah, he'll really appreciate it. Actually, funny fucking story. Yeah. So yesterday, he's done his shoulder. He popped his shoulder out a little bit, and we we he got it back in, and he's got some – he asked me for some supplement advice, and I said, listen, get on the BPC-157. Get the ligaments and tendons ready. TV-500? I, I gave him the website, and I, I sorted him out, and I said, hey, go get it from this website. So package come yesterday for him, and Baby Dave is the mental opposite to me. He's a mental child. <laughs> He's 18 years old. He's first time picking up a package yesterday Way in his out. life, and he's 18. Wow. It's really funny. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's a gypsy, you know. What are yeah. you going to do? They don't have addresses. So, like, <laughs> how is he going to pick up a package if he's a gypsy? <laughs> anyway, so he gets a package, and BPC-157 in the fucking container is about, you know, yay high, probably about five inches. Or should that be 10? Is that is that a 10 measurement? Yeah, about 100 <laughs> <yards>. yeah. <laughs> Five inches. But anyway, so um, he opens up this big box, and he brings it in. And he brings it back to the gym and he opens it up. And inside there is a anal douche. Oh, I've seen this on Luke's story. A massive bottle of lube and a fucking prostate <laughs> massager with a remote control. What? And it, he looks at the box and it's this Jake Martin. And because Luke bought it on his PayPal, it was meant to be for Luke Martin. And they've completely stitched it up. Oh, and they've, wow. swapped, they've just swapped the uh, they just swapped the package. So Dave brings it in and he's like, fuck this. I don't think this is uh I don't think this is what I ordered. So anyway, um, I'm just showing Benny the yeah, video. We've uh, we've set up a little bit of a plan to go visit Jakey Boy and deliver his package to him. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I might. I might be delivering it. Yeah, yeah, shirtless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shirtless. Wow, it was crazy. Yeah. You can't yeah. write this stuff. Nah. It's fantastic. It's oh, I thought that was a G up. Yeah, no, yeah. such a comedy of errors. Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Penrith, Penrith Oz Post are doing a, the people's work. There you go. Because it's it's going to be a <laughs> fucking funny video. 
Wow. We're going to see if we can stitch him up a little bit. He's in a unit block, so I can't deliver it to his yeah, front door. Right, so I might yeah. have to buzz his unit and say, hey, look. That's even better. I get a, yeah. bit, of a bit of a crowd. Hey, hey look, look we've got, mate, a, we got a package for you. Like, it got, <laughs> it got misdelivered. Um, <laughs> have you got my fucking Mexicans? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. this is one of those things. You When you order one of those things, you delete your search history for the last three years. Like, yeah. you, you don't want to have that come out. And now... It got sent to a jiu-jitsu gym <laughs> with a bunch of fucking idiots <laughs> who are very willing to let you pay for oh, it. Oh, well, Jesus Christ. Well, well, ja- well, Jake's in a bit of bunny yeah. rubble. Uh, and, mate, in terms of um, in terms of your weight division uh, for the Australasian trials for, for ADCC, who would be the person that you'd be looking at to, to final? Me. Yeah. No one, no one. No, in- there's a there's a couple of good grapplers in the division. Um, obviously, seeing as Singapore has got cancelled, yeah, um, they're not going to do that anymore. So we might get some. Is Seb in your division? He came. In, he came and trained with me um, at Sydney West, and I started his weight cut that day. Okay, that's what he told me. He okay. goes, "I'm not doing 99 <laughs> anymore." <laughs> Because um, he spent a lot of time putting on weight. Yeah, he did a lot of a lot of wasted time. Poor bastard. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't talk about training sessions, but yeah, he's he's weight cutting back to his original weight class. Wow. Okay. Reality. Yeah. Okay. Poor and he, and he's a Hills boy too. Yeah, in and around. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they live near GE now. Yeah. Um, he actually lives with a, another young fella called Dimitri, who they trained together. Yeah. Um, they were going to come to start doing some training with us, but for whatever reason, that fell through. Yep. So I'm not sure where that's going. But um, there, there'll be a couple of good guys. There's a couple of black belts in my division. Again, in the no-gi scene, doesn't really mean much to me. I don't yeah. really give a shit. Um, if, to be quite frank, if they're not training at our gym, they're not getting the best training in the country. So mm-hmm. regard, regardless, it doesn't really bother me. So um, we'll see. There's a there's a very experienced competitor. Um, his name's Dennis. He's actually one of Luke's mates. He trains over. He has trained over at AKA with like Cain Velasquez and... He's, he's like a pretty decent wrestler, yeah. but um, he's getting a bit old in the tooth, and you know it's it's time for the young lion to to take mm. over. Oh, so. Any any uh, any sponsors jumped on board yet, Joshy? I'm trying to fucking get Hydrolite, those dirty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every every fucking day on his story, he's like, I've gone through 10 tubes of Hydrolite. <laughs> Give me it, something. Come who, on, Hydrolite. Who, who is it? Is it Procter & Gamble? Who, who, who distributes I don't know. They've got an Aussie distributor. Okay. Um, but they're, like, it's let good. Look, let I, me have a look for you. I it's might a, know yeah. someone. It's a good Shout product. Out. It's yeah. a good product, and I enjoy using it. It tastes <laughs> good and, and all that sort of stuff. I've told hundreds of people to use it by now. Should be and fucking jumping over them. Hey, everyone tags me. I'd love to have a Hydrolite. You like rash guard? I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> what about Vust? Nah, don't like it that much. <laughs> it's a shit name. Vust. Yeah, it's no, it's just mean. terrible. Yeah. It's just a, not a it's good a name. name but um, yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not really too fast on like an apparel brand. I, I spoke to Luke yesterday about it, and I'd actually prefer to wear Sydney West stuff over anything else. Yeah, I think that speaks more to where we're yeah, from cool. and, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I'd like to on, stay yeah. true to the brand and yeah. and sort of wear that gear more mm. so than anyone else's. I mean. Um, you got brands like Hooks and, and stuff like that, and people want to do sponsorship mm. deals, but I'd rather represent the gym where I'm from and rather than a brand that I have no idea who they are, I don't know who runs it, don't know where they come from. And That's you, cool, man. You'd be hard-pressed like You'd be hard pressed to win me over with a story mm. that'd be better than ours. Yeah, I, might, yeah, uh, I, I might have to have a chat to Selling Miles and see what combat can do for you. Which yeah. Be, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll have a chat to him, mm. man. Yeah, they're, of course. They're, no, they're, appreciate yeah, thank it. You, thank you to combat. So I've got some stuff off... off Big man yesterday, courtesy of combat. Sunday. Yeah, because they're um they're pretty heavily tied with Veruca as well. So yeah, um uh, yeah, I'm more than happy to have a chat to the boys for you. Yeah, man, I'm yeah. I'm open for offers yeah. if if anyone wants to make some make yeah. some things happen. I'm open for it. Yeah. So get on early, man, before he goes blows up. Yeah. Huge. Well, yeah. well, the cool thing with um 
with CMBT is um, uh, Volks and Joe have just bought in half. They they own oh, nice. half, half of it now. Nice. So. Which is super cool. So the the um, obviously they sponsored Volks before Volks had even blown up, mm. and um, Volks believes that much in it that he's yeah. um, he's reinvested back into it himself. Him and Joe both have. It's good to so, see. Yeah, hundred percent. It's good. So. To, it's good to see the exchange of, yep. of value. So like they mm. back him, and then he rebacks them. Yeah, correct. Based off yeah. the back of it, it's good yeah. to see as a as a brand and as an athlete. I think that's important. Well, my um, I I'm a, I manage two Olympic judo athletes from out your actually the Cats boys, Nathan oh, yeah. and Josh Cats. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got I got them. They're with they're with combat, so uh, yeah, man. I'll happily have a chat to those boys for you um, and and see what we can line up. Um, That'd be for wicked sh- for sure. Awesome. But um, yeah, I'm I'm super looking forward. To the, the, we're talking about downstairs. So uh, in America, there's this um, he's a bit of a freak, man. Like kind of similar to Josh's path. Um, he trained at the best. Uh, he trained with Danaher and like mm. Gordon Ryan. So. Uh, the Denaher Death Squad, the, yep. probably the most successful team over the last you know five years uh, in no gig grappling. They're basically the Queensland Origin team of late. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah, that, correct. Eight years yeah, in a row. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, and they had a, a prospect come through there called Nicky Rodriguez, and okay. uh, they they called him the Black Belt Slayer because he you know he did really well and mm. he was a blue belt and slayed some pretty high level black belts, and um and you know Josh and I were talking downstairs. I'm like your version, your Australia's version of, 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 of Nick Rodriguez and uh, he goes I hope they fucking match me up with him first round and I'm like yeah. let's go boys I really do because yeah. obviously I don't want Gordon because then it'll be it'll be you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's one of those things like I'm I've never shy on confidence never shy on my own abilities but fuck man Gordon's the best in the world for a reason he's, like, he's, yeah. he's he puts in way more effort than everybody else and you can see it and yeah. it's just mm. how it is but I think Nicky has some chinks in his armour and I'd love to Expose take it. A, take a swing at that. That'd yeah. be fucking awesome. Yeah, and I and I guess that's the when when is ADCC? Is it September. this year? Yeah, it September. is this year. Yeah, yeah, in Vegas. So trials. Would you say July? Trials June. June. Yeah. September Vegas. Okay. Cool. Man. Yeah. All right. Ten, Lock it 10, in, 000, man. Lock it in. Ten thousand oh, people already sold in. Yeah. Wow. Big big wow, big crowd. Wow. Yeah, I think it's doubled since the last ADCC two years ago. That's yeah, huge, man. yeah. The guys that run it are, are, That's big are business, fucking yeah. onto something. Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And just the, you know, we've got some great, um, we've got some great personalities in jujitsu now. You know, yeah. with guys like Craig and and stuff like that, and especially for Australian grappling. And I think that's why it's a special time. And as you just said, like you know, it would be a great. A great opportunity for a brand to get on board with Josh yeah, because nice, no gear grappling is just going through the roof, and then especially having we're lucky to have Absolute, we're lucky to have um, Lockie and, and mm. to have Craig, and now to have you know guys like you know like what Keller's done with Grappling Ed and what Luke's done with um, with with um, Western Sydney is just insane, and it's so cool to have it here. Mm. Yeah. Like to have it in New South Wales, yeah, and it's it's exciting, man. Like, in there's there's some fucking there's some good little jujitsu players out there now, man. You just look at the comps, like you look at Subversion. They sold out tickets. Yeah, you never thought that a no good grappling show would sell out tickets in Australia, it, like a local mm. show. And every single person that came to watch me and was a part of it, they said, "You need to fucking tell me when the next one is." Yeah, wow. true, right? they, okay. you need to tell me. Well, and all their friends. It might be videos. hard because you won't get an opponent. <laughs> We'll see. We'll, we'll see. There's, uh, there's some crazy fuckers in this game and they yeah. might be willing to accept the tickets. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We might have to pay them, though. <laughs> we, might have to, we might have to pay them. Go get, go get your mate. What's he fucking... He's getting his package next week. <laughs> yeah, Justin. Justin Martin. Justin. I reckon he'd be keen. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's fucking see. got those things coming to his door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I hope uh, I hope there's... um I hope there is some, some level of competition because... 
you know, I don't want to get bored. Yeah, I, I, I love testing myself, and I love putting the, putting the skills. Like mm. I have, I haven't honestly, I haven't been able to showcase my skill set mm. on the competition stage yet because there hasn't been anybody that's been able to yeah. push me and and being able to put me in bad positions and stuff like that. And I've only lost two fights, and one was nil all, and yeah. it was a ref's decision, and it was negligible. Mm. And then I ended up submitting the guy who technically beat me zero, zero zero, and I'm the first person to submit him in three to four years. Wow. And he was meant to be the next big up and comer, the mm. next big steamroller, and all that sort of stuff. And, and then he just, you know, he just See started later. started to play jujitsu with me, and I submitted him in fifty five seconds with a heel. Okay, ah, there you go. Yeah. So look out. Yeah, I, June. Lock yeah. It in. I'm really excited to be able to showcase some of the stuff that we've been working on. But like like you said, um, it, it, people in competition they love to play safe. They love to play like a stally mm. game, and you get that from a lot of the Brazilian gyms and stuff like that. They just, that's their culture. They like to score points and then mm. stop score points and then stop mm. and then they can win the match and that's fucking boring mm. it's terrible it's terrible for spectator sport well, that's not what no gear grappling is about anyway no it's but they do they do end up bringing it into that as well yeah. but mm. obviously the reason why our gym is so exciting is because we're ruthless for submissions like we we control mm. positions and then go to you saw jeremy on the weekend beat Tallison, who yeah. is a multiple time world champion at every single weight belt from blue to purple to brown to black i think he won no gear and Gi Worlds at every color belt, never been done before. Wow. Absolutely phenomenal athlete. And Jeremy broke him twice. Mm. Skinner, Skinner's a, a local boy too. He's a Newcastle yeah. boy. Yeah. Best Tough West Sydney, eh? Yeah. Hey, he's, mate, he's the most dangerous Star Wars nerd I know. 100%. <laughs> most dangerous. Yeah. I, I told this story. Yeah, I told this story on here. There's um a guy, guy from Jamie Ballard's Cortland. He's 165 kilos. No mm. word of a lie. Like Cortland mm. is, I'll fucking show you about it. Huge. And um and Jeremy did a seminar at Gorilla on the Saturday, and then he took class on the Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday night. No mm. gear, no gear class. And Cortland rolled in late, and of course I had to fucking drill with him. So big, biggest <laughs> legend in the world. Like he's he's 165 kilos. I'm not fucking shitting you. Yeah. And he's six foot five. He's huge, but the biggest legend in the world. Yeah. And Skinner called him out, and Jeremy's like. What, 70 kilos? Yeah, 70 odd, five foot nine, maybe, if he's lucky. And like, I'll show you a photo of him. He's a, like, he's a Star Wars nerd, legitimately. Yeah. And what Skinner was able to do to Cortland was just phenomenal. Like, yeah. He's just incredible. Yeah. The the rate of progression that he's got since he's been training with us full time is outstanding. Yeah, wow. It's really, really cool to see because he fucking applies himself. He's very cerebral. Yep. In the lower weight classes, it's much like halfbacks. So yep. You have to be very cerebral, yep. very yep. articulate. Yep. Yeah. It's a thinking man's game yep. if you don't have attributes. Okay. Like, Baby Dave is the least impressive person I've ever seen. Jeremy is at least a little bit jacked, but he has almost no attributes. <laughs> Physicality-wise. No yeah, physicality. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's, he's strong, yeah. but he's not fast. He's yeah. not powerful. Yeah. He's not those things, but you've seen him use what he's got. Yeah, wow. And it's fucking incredible to mm. see because he still gets phenomenal results. Mm. And a massive testament to, to, to Jeremy as well because Jeremy – Started at, at Luke Beston's, uh, at Beston Gracie, um, up here at Cardiff, then moved himself to Melbourne okay. to train with Lockie. Came, obviously, with the pandemic, couldn't really get back to Melbourne, so mm. was kind of basing himself out of bit bit of Newcastle, bit of Grappling Ed, and then a bit out with you guys, I think, Yeah, as well. still teaches Grappling yeah, Ed yeah. and uh, SJJ at Maroubra. Yeah, SJJ. He's in the Northern Beaches way. Yeah, and... Um, but you know, like this is a guy who you know basically gave it all up for for mm. jiu-jitsu, and it's it's phenomenal to see because as as you said, like he's the most dangerous Star Wars nerd you'll ever ever see. You want to see he's, people like that succeed, man. Yeah, and that, you know, 
Well, just chat like you, to be the as we said before to be the best. You got to train with the best and be yeah. the best. And and Jeremy always finds himself to be in the best room with the best guys yeah. that he can find wherever he is. Great competitor too, man. Yeah, great competitor. Mm. You saw on Subversion some of the boys were they're shitting their ducks a little bit, like they got the crowd and stuff yeah. like that. And a couple of the boys asked me, they're like, "Why are you so calm?" I was like, "Mate, I played in I played against the dogs for under twenties in front of Anzac Day in front of like thirty thousand mm. people. This yeah, is, yeah, this yeah. is sweet. Yeah, yeah. And um, from Jeremy's experience." he hadn't done any of that but super cool as a cucumber his yep. face didn't change the whole time mm. just very methodical yep. in his destruction of yep. a phenomenal grappler yeah and it's awesome to see because it, it, it can be done you see Adesanya on the weekend I don't like him very much I like mm. Rob Whittaker much more but he was nasal breathing the entire time for mm. a five-round fight mm. yep unreal yeah fantastic and it's like you you can have composure and you yeah. can have this sort of stuff and you always hear those bar stories of those idiots that say oh when I get in a fight I just see red well, you're going to see black because you're probably going to get knocked down. <laughs> yeah. 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 I saw, I saw a video actually. He's doing a, he did like a visual. And, and I know not everything you see on Instagram is fucking gospel. Minimal is it, as we all know. Mm. But I saw him, they showed a visualization sort of thing that he did. And I think one of his coaches maybe put it on. And you could just see, you know, when he, when he gets to that level, obviously there's, a, there's an inner confidence. He knows what he's doing, you know. Mm. But in terms of, he just, he looked fucking calm. Like he looked really, you know, like nothing was going to phase him. You know? So important. So mm. important, man. Like oxygen's life, right? Yeah. Mm. And, you know, like my, my kid can't even breathe through her mouth. Like mm. As newborn mm. babies, they, they all their sensitivity is in their mouth, but they live through breathing through their nose, mm. literally in and out of their nose. Um, but, yeah, like the <laughs> I had the fucking worst. Like I had to go to a, a first birthday um, over at Dudley, and that was cool. And the boys started, we're going to hang around and, and watch the fights, and I was like, I just want to get home, mm. sit on my couch, put the aircon on, watch it on my TV. Yeah. So saved it, got home, fight pass on, went back, started watching it. I got to the end of Bam Bam's fight, so because I was I was yeah. behind probably about an hour, mm. and um, got to the end of Bam Bam's fight, and the UFC fight pass app goes, "Sorry, your event's ended." <laughs> I didn't even get to watch Rob's God. fight. Oh. I still haven't seen it yet. Oh, I've only kidding. watched the highlights. I was fucking filthy. Kidding. Filthy. Filthy. Wow. Could have gone either way. Yeah, could have gone either way, and I'm a, I'm a big Rob Whittaker fan yeah, yeah. for his personality yeah. and the way he carries himself. I don't like the way Adesanya is off the off the field. Mm. I, I know, like you should be confident and stuff, but just don't be cringy. Yeah, it's he's fucking he's annoying. Bit, like yeah. it's so overplayed. Just be who you are, and yeah, maybe yeah. that is who he is, and maybe yeah. I'm just being a fucking being a, a negative Nelly. But you, mm. know, you know, it just rubs me the wrong way, so yeah. I don't like it. But um, yeah, Rob seems like a cool dude, man. Rob, yeah. Yeah. Rob's I, a full gamer, dude. Rob's it? a yeah. legend. Yeah, he's yeah. like a real good yeah. fellow. He's yeah. um, he's from he grew up in Sutherland Shire. He's Sutherland Housing Commission boy. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah crazy. But yeah, such a legend, such a nice yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, it's funny you hear all these housing commission stories of these people being successful, but it's literally like point oh 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 one percent. Yeah, great. And these people are like, yeah, housing commission, I'm going to make it. It's like that's not a correlation, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a correlation. Hundred percent, mate. Now, obviously, on this podcast, we um, you've dropped a lot of fucking wisdom, so it's probably mm. going to be hard for you to to pinpoint. Um, but leave us with some departing words of wisdom, something that right now in, in your mind, if you could share with absolutely anyone, whether it's grappling, business, PTing, footy, what's something right now that you can depart some words of wisdom for us, mate? I think when I was a little bit younger, I used to, I used to focus on happiness a lot and I used to really put that in the forefront of my brain and, and, and start to think about that. And um, through rewriting that article, I sort of capitulated some more stuff in my head about – 
focusing on positive energy and all that mm. sort of stuff and it actually gets you into a trap it's a bit of a it's a bit of a misnomer it it, it actually makes you worse because you're expecting things to be making you happy you're expecting that coffee that you drink in the morning to be happy you listen to these motivational people mm. and they're they're fucking talking shit a coffee is not going to make you happy in the morning unless you've been deprived for three weeks of it like really mm. it, it's the same dopamine hit every single day and you're actually in a debt of dopamine if you do something every single day so mm. it's always going to be the same thing that's how drug addiction works mm. so my thoughts on that and something i learned from a mentor recently is is fuck happiness don't put it as a forefront of your mind. Don't put it as the the pinnacle of everything else. Leave everything as it is and allow it to hit you when it hits you. Because if you set the expectation you're going to be happy every single day, seven days a week, and you blow a tire, you've automatically underpinned yourself, mm. automatically. Then the next day after, it's going to be one of those things where, I don't know, your missus tells you a great story. And then you are happy. Mm. And you're like, fantastic, I hit my expectation. But you can't do that every single day. It's mm. not going to happen every single day. Mm. So basically what you're telling yourself is you've you've signed an agreement to say that until I reach this level of emotional feeling, I will be unhappy. Mm. Therefore, I will be without. So maybe 50, 60, 70% of your days you'll be without. Mm. What kind of a life is that? It's a bit silly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's stupid. Yeah. You're just living 30% of your life yeah, to be like happy it. on some days. Mm. And um, Dan Bilzerian went on Joe Rogan. He told this good story and it. it's not his. And, and um He's basically, he's, there's a Chinese farmer and this guy comes across and he goes, he loses his horse. He's got a, a stable full of horse. He loses a horse. And he goes, um, he goes, oh, you lost your horse. That sucks. He goes, well, maybe. And he goes, oh, okay. And then, and then the next day, seven horses come in that are wild and they come into his stable. And he goes, oh, that's fantastic. How good's that? He goes, well, maybe. Mm. And then he comes in and, and one of the, his sons was riding the horse that had come in, one of the wild ones, and he fell off and broke his leg. And they go, oh, that's terrible. And he goes, well, maybe. Mm. And then the next day, the conscription officers for the army come round and they're rounding up all the young kids that are 18 to 25 and his son's 19. And he goes, oh, we can't take you because you've got a broken leg. He goes, how good's that? He saved your son. He goes, well, maybe. And it's just that constant realization that, you know, nothing's really, think about the worst thing that happened in your life. Think about the worst thing that happened mm. in your life. One of the worst things that happened in my life, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. I got a big Harry Potter scar on my head and I was at 18th birthday party and I was never a fighter past probably about 10 years old. I punched a lot of kids in the head in primary school and then I got over it because I realized it's fucking stupid. And then I started playing footy and I had an aggressive yeah. outlet and stuff like that. And I was at an 18th birthday party and these these Arab guys, I shouldn't racial profile, but they are, um, they were at the party and they were trying to sell drugs out the front and it was my school party. So they didn't know who who they were, but I knew them from the area that I lived in. Yep. And I'd had beef and stuff with them before, just rubbish nonsense of mm. guys peacocking and stuff like that, stupid nonsense. Yep. And um, I recognized who they were. I was like, fuck, this is going to be a bit of a drama. So anyway, they, they pissed off and they came back and they were fighting one of my mates at high school and he had so drunk he lost his shoe. That is not a man capable of throwing a hand. <laughs> He's got one shoe on. Like, leave him leave him alone. Fucking just get away. So anyway, break up the fight, pull everyone away. And uh, the, the people who were running, the parents of the guy who was having the birthday party, little Italian family, real traditional. Yeah. They hate violence. Yeah, like, yeah. real cutesy sort of gnome-looking people. And they're all, like, four foot ten. They're all straight across. It's funny. And um, they ended up closing the party because they're like, we hate this sort of stuff. We didn't even want to allow kids to drink, even though they're 18 years old, mm. just because of, like, a safety thing. Mm. I lived 100 metres down the road. I said, all right, wrap it up. We'll go fucking kick on at my house. Yep. So we all walked down the road. Probably about 40, 50 people came back to my place. And about two hours in, I was I was upstairs talking to a girlfriend. And um, 
I hear a glass break downstairs and I was like, oh, what the fuck's this? Like someone broke a glass, I'll go down and clean it up. I'm off my fucking head. I'm pissed as a fart. Mm. And um, I went downstairs and there's a brick on my staircase and a hole through the window. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm. Who the fuck is throwing bricks? I thought it was one of my mates. Mm. Another one comes in and I was like, fuck, okay, what's going on here? And then I hear from the backyard someone screaming, they're coming in through the back, they're coming in through the back. And instantly, like a pin drop, like the adrenaline starts running, mm. you fucking snap. And I was like, fuck, it's those dickheads from the party. They've come back because they must have seen us walk home. Yep. So my mate's downstairs. He's cl- closing the front door with his foot and his shoulder and he's like buttressing against it while these guys are trying to kick the door in. And I look through the window and they've all got balaclavas on. They've all covered their faces, like real like gangster shit. And um, I was like, fuck, I've got to make a decision here. Like, do I stop them from coming in the house and let the, or do I stop them from coming in the house and have the house be fucking trashed mm. or do I let them through the front door and let's see what happens mm. and in that moment through the adrenaline I just you know what I've got to open the door it's my responsibility so I walked down opened the door Smirnoff black ice bottle probably about the little 600 mil one came straight from my forehead glassed me didn't br- didn't break like I got the hardest head in the world it didn't break it's a fucking <laughs> miracle and I stood there for what must have been three seconds you know an adrenaline's running yeah, it feels yeah. like ten minutes yeah. I can still see it in my head like yeah. as I retell the story the memory goes yeah. like like a movie and because it's like such a dangerous story it's so, it's so much adrenaline so much emotion you remember that sort yeah, of stuff yeah for sure it's ingrained. and I remember standing there for about three seconds I grabbed the back of the door slammed the door and they all fucked off and then I went back inside cleaned myself up with a tea towel wrapped the tea towel around my head and then I'd like I was just furious. I was like, I'm going back out there. And everyone's like, don't do it. Don't be an idiot. I was like, all right, I'll listen to you. It's fair enough. I didn't realize that before they'd come to the front door, my brother looks like my twin. Like we look scarily alike. He was on the driveway. And if it wasn't for one of the boys that was doing the bad shit, brothers who actually went to his high school, my brother would have got the shit kicked out of him because they thought it was me. And he was on a driveway. And if you're on a driveway surrounded by 10 people, I don't care if you're Superman. Mm. it's not going to end well so like a whole array of all this stuff has been happening the right police were there 15 minutes before this happened Mm. they'd gone off and gone to a call in castle hill which is further away they ended up coming back and they're like fuck we missed it we're so sorry all this sort of stuff to put a little um a light touch on i went to the hospital got stitched up and they're like hey we had a birthday about two hours ago we got some cake left over do you want some cake i was like fuck yes i want some cake But but the point of that story is is I used to think it was one of the worst things that happened to me, but it's actually the best. Mm. It's probably one of my highlight reels because I think in that moment where I had the decision coming down the stairs where I could have opened the door and saved, I could have closed the door and saved myself. I could have opened the door and saved everyone else. Mm. I did the fucking right thing and backed Mm. myself to cop what probably wasn't deserved at all because it's just fucking teenage bullshit. Yep. But I actually proved to myself in a moment of, of extreme anger and emotion and crap mm. and rubbish that I can actually fucking step up and do the right thing. Mm. And I think if you have that, it's a superpower. If you have that ability to change a story that you once perceived was terrible into something that is now helpful, yep. then that maybe story that I told about the Chinese farmer, it becomes true. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Because you don't know if it's going to be bad. You don't know if it's going to be good. Mm. You don't know. It is what it is. But if you get to choose, yep. how much better is that? Mm. Correct. If you go out here and, and drop a fucking glass, how do you react? Do you say fuck? fuck. Or do you just go, eh. Mm. I'd probably say fuck. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I, I've, been talking <laughs> yeah. to, I've been talking about this with clients all week. I said, how do you react when you drop a glass? Mm. And they go, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. And I'm like, no, you're not. Mm. You dropped a cup. 
Mm. <laughs> Go to Kmart and get another one. <laughs> when you put it in that perspective. Yeah. But it's silly, right? Yeah. And yeah. think about if you do it on a small scale, you do it on a grand scale. 100%. Mm. If yeah. something goes really wrong. Uh, I don't know, something like that. Like you blow a tire, a bit yeah. more significant than yeah. dropping a cup. Mm. Like, motherfucker, fucker, fucker, fucker. Mm. But what about, okay, this is the task. Change the tire, get on with it, pay the piper and go move on. Move yeah, on. I like yeah. it. And I think if you can stay within those parameters, I was talking about it as an analogy. I don't really think that we have like a destiny. I don't really think we have like a legacy that's planned out for us. I think we have mm. an end point that we're meant to get to no matter what. Mm. But I think it's like a bowling alley with the guards up. Mm. You can drift from left to right to left to right, but you stay within those lanes. Yeah, yeah. And if you yeah. get too far without those lanes, you start feeling anxiety, you start feeling depression, mm. you start feeling all these these mechanisms that are trying to get you back on track. Mm. Like if you if you're a hundred kilos overweight, you should feel shamed. Mm. You should you should feel guilty mm. because you're so far off track of where you're meant to be. Hundred percent. You are off track. Yeah. And definitely. if you're going out doing drugs with your mates, you're off track. Hundred percent. If you're yeah. doing drugs on a Tuesday, Arvo. You're off track. You should feel Absolutely. anxious. You should feel depressed. Agreed. These are mechanisms that are showing you what you should be doing outside and, and making a better plan. Absolutely. And actually writing something down yep. and, and doing something more important. So I think even people, they love using labels. They say anxiety is the worst thing in the world. No, it's not. It's natural. It's it is a of, mechanism yeah. to tell you that you're doing something mm. wrong. Yeah. I heard a story. Um, you guys listen to Aubrey Marcus? little bit. Yeah, Joe Rogan's I've, mate. I've read, his, I've read his book. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. And um, he had this guy on, and he was a rabbi, and he's like, back in the day, the anxious people were the watchers of the tribe because mm. they had the inbuilt mechanism to go, something doesn't feel right about this scenario. Mm. Yeah. And they were the most important people. Today, everybody's shunned. Here's mm. your medication. Here's your medication. Mm. Shut the fuck up. Stop being mm. anxious. Blah, 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 blah. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's just a mechanism that you think that something's not right when it should be. Absolutely. So figure it out. Like the whole mental health thing. I, mm. I I like the mental health push, but I disagree with how it is is perplexed sometimes that mm. people say that I am depressed. No, you're not. You are feeling depressed. Mm. You're not anxious. You are feeling anxious. Mm. These are feelings. Feelings are transient. Absolutely they are, come, they go, they fucking turn around. You're never going to feel one way for the rest of your life. They're for a reason. And that, like to put a pin on it, that's why I say fuck happiness. Because if mm. you're saying that I want to feel happy all the time, you're setting an unrealistic expectation for yourself and it's never going to be achieved. Mm. You're just setting you're setting yourself up for failure and it's not going to work. Love it. I love that, man. Yeah. Love uh, it. Well, mate, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you um, dominate trials and I can't wait to see you hit the mats at AVCC in, uh, in Vegas. Um, Kraken podcast, probably one of the best. Of, of, of Yeah. Had everything for me, mate. So Beautiful. you're an impressive young human being. I look forward to having you back on here after your ADCC experience and 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 winning. Um, anything from you, Benjamin John? No, nah, mate. Yeah, just fucking imp- really impressive. You know, inside obviously, you know, physical capabilities. But I was more impressed with the with your outlook on things, man. Twenty five mm. years of age. Fuck, it's all ahead of you. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you're a credit to yourself, man. Yeah. Like and I reiterate, I'm not. I'm not special. Mm. I'm really not. Like I, I hate this whole special thing of mm. this guy grew up in this area. That's why he's good or, or mm. blah, blah, blah. We're seeing it with Bam Bam and Rob from Housing Commission and Mount Drew and all that sort of yeah. stuff. They had the worst start, like this whole privilege thing. Mm. Like if two people are white and they're born to crackheads and two people are black and they're born to lawyers, where's the privilege? Mm. It's not the color of your skin. It's not the outlook. It's not anything like that. It, it's it's what you make of it. 
the individual's choice. Exactly right. Yeah. And I think I, I, I've not been bestowed mm. by some holy fucking man of this crazy ability. I've just decided what I want and I've worked towards it. The mm. one thing that I loved about that, because I said to Luce the other day that I have a lot of gut problems, man, like mm. really, really bad. And I was fed McDonald's up until I was you know, nine or ten years old mm. every day. Um, and I'm like, you know, I reckon I've got a bad, I reckon I've got a bad gut from probably not getting, you know, the good shit that I needed sure, as a yeah. kid and, and mm. whatever else. But it's like, I'm an adult now. I should never have a fucking upset stomach because I have the accessibility to one. I've got money to buy probiotics, mm. pre-probiotics, eat good food. You know, I know all this stuff. So I just love it, man. I love your attitude and your outlook on life. And um, you know, I think Conor McGregor says it perfectly. It's like you know, there's. There's, there's, there isn't nothing special. It's fucking hard work. It's yeah. hard work and nothing can outdo hard work. It's hard work and dedication. It's the sickness to be better. People don't want to hear that, man. No, they want the they want the red they want the limitless pill. I even change it a little bit off that. I don't even say it's hard. It's just work. Yeah. It's just work. Don't don't <laughs> label it as hard. <laughs> yeah. Because you're you're setting yourself up for failure again. Like labels are a fucking hell of a thing and your words are they they either make you or break you. And if you're saying that this is difficult and this is hard, like people say going to the gym three times a week is hard. No, mm. it's not. Being po- not fits hard. Poverty hard. is hard. Yeah. Diabetes oh, yeah. is hard. Yeah. Cardiovascular disease is hard. Pick your hard. I put up a thing the other day and cardiovascular annual cost is like $39,000 mm. and you won't pay a fucking trainer. Pick your wow. Hard. It's it's incredible. Wow. But like, but stop saying things are hard. Yeah. Mm. To who? Compared mm. to what? Mm. Don't say it's easy because it's definitely not easy, mm. but it is just work. I don't know about you, but I'm about to sign up to his fucking program. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need a bit of fucking a bit of a bit of sapo in my life. Hey, absolutely. But mate, again, you're uh, you're an absolute testament to yourself, and uh, I really, 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 really appreciate you coming up and spending some time with us. And probably won't be the first time. Um, but mate, yeah, look, all the best for the journey, and uh, yeah, both excited to watch you kick some ass. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was awesome, bro. Thank Thanks, you. Mate. Legends, make sure you like and subscribe on all your podcasting platforms and head over to Instagram and check us out at to the point underscore podcast. To the point.